got a bonus episode of That's What G Said this week. I was trying to figure out how to get everything together, and I said, you know what? Let's just release this right now. Episodes 1 and 2 of She-Hulk, The Deep Dive. Tim Kelly joins me. Episode 3 is coming out, and now they're coming out each week. So we're all caught up now. wanted to make sure we got this out for you before the third episode comes. So if you want to get all caught up, She-Hulk, The Deep Dive, scene by scene. Tim Kelly and me dive into everything, positives, negatives, things we like, things that could be improved a little bit. It's our deep dive right now into She-Hulk. It's time to head back into the MCU. We have a new Disney Plus TV show to discuss. Episodes 1 and 2 of She-Hulk are now out. So Tim Kelly joins me to dissect and deep dive everything going on in episodes 1 and 2 of She-Hulk. TK, let's uh, mm. we'll talk overall about these first two episodes, and then we'll kind of dive into to one and then two. Give me some of your overall thoughts now that we've uh, we've seen two of them so far. Well, it it has one of my favorite jokes in the MCU so far, and it came in the uh, post credits of the first uh, episode. So the Steve I, Rogers I that, Virgin. Yes, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Fuck, <laughs> that was cut myself off there. Oh, it was um, great. but yeah, it was great. It, it uh, that was a great joke. I I thought that uh, overall the writing had a little. There was just a little to to more to ask for. I I think that as a, as a comedy, there could have been bigger swings for comedy. There could have been better jokes in there. Nothing really made me laugh too hard, except for that. The second episode I think improved on that a little bit. They had a lot of groundwork to lay in that first one. Um, and I, I'm not super happy about the way that they did it uh story-wise however i am pleasantly surprised with all the negative attention going into the visuals i thought that the cg overall looked pretty dang good i thought it it, it was it was at a pretty good level yeah it didn't overall i'm overall i'm pretty pleased like the the episodes are are pretty quick too Mm -hmm. there's just like a kind of a quick feel to the show it feels like kind of breezy too yeah you know yeah like fun and the pace of it I don't mind I think it's kind of it's 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 nice and I do mm-hmm. like the fact that this show right off the bat we feel like we're we feel like we're kind of part of the MCU because we have Bruce there mm-hmm. and we have the oh, whole yeah, big time versus some of these other shows that might seem like they're a little bit off all by themselves you know and, mm-hmm. and we don't know how they're going to connect well this one five minutes in there's a Sakarian ship there so we know that that there are going to be things happening and i i i agree with you i think the the way that they did the origin it it was different i i thought it was i don't know if i loved it or hated it but you know what Mm -hmm. it was a different approach i kind of thought it was funny how she just said hey look this is a lawyer show you're not going to pay attention to the lawyer show until we tell you the origin story anyway so let's go let's go get you all set up um and i liked that i liked those uh unconventional things the Breaking the fourth wall gave it a lot mm-hmm. of character. Me too. I, I love, love them. It, it makes it easy mm-hmm. when yeah. Deadpool say by the bell. Like we've seen shows right. like this through the years, where it makes it easy when the four, when the main character can break the fourth wall because then they can yeah. very easily give you exposition, set up their feelings, tell you why they're doing something. Absolutely, and I mean something that you know, breaking the fourth wall. It's not something that's you know unconventional in the way that it's it's brand new or anything like that. No. I mean, it goes back to Shakespeare, you know, like maybe even beyond that, but you know, oh, yeah. where in theater you you have breaking breaking into the fourth wall all the time. I think that's where it really originated. 
And, uh, and I, I just think it's used really well here. It's, it's, it's fun. I love that moment later on in episode one, uh, where Hulk almost catches she Hulk Jennifer there, uh, talking to, to like, who's she talking to? <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking yes, to? I luck. love that moment. Like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and overall, I just thought it, it, it was it was solid. I, I would say it's a you know like a B plus kind of a show with with the ability to do some really A plus things. It's still early on. Uh, I'm I'm not super high on it, but I, I I was I was pleased with it. I watched both episodes twice, and uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah, and I think that I'm 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 excited for where it could go because like you you mentioned like it is a very MCU show, and I think they've positioned it with the formula that. They can tie into really everything with her representing villains and heroes, you know, throughout the MCU. So there's a lot to really dive into here. And I, I think you're kind of hitting on it. I feel like the ceiling. I feel like it has a pretty a pretty high floor, right? I feel yeah. like it's it's kind of fun. And even like a bad episode, if it's not that long and it's kind of quick and it's got a good pacing to it. I don't feel like you're gonna. They're ever really gonna. They're gonna be awful. I mean, who knows? Obviously, but that's mm-hmm. what I'm feeling right now. And like you said, they could maybe tweak a few things to where you feel like there could be a really high ceiling. So I kind of like Absolutely. the floor of this show where it is where it started. And I think this show actually has nine episodes. So we'll have a few mm-hmm. more than than some of the shorter six episode installments that we've been having so far. Maybe they can do a little bit more with this. As uh, this is supposed to take place. Like right around Shang Chi time, because we actually see Abomination um, and and Wong one of the fights from Shang Chi when they're in they're in that big uh, um, like fighting rink. And yeah. so you you mentioned the CG and it didn't it wasn't anything that bothered me either. So th- those were like yeah. that was like one of the major things going into it where it wasn't distracting. It wasn't something that I was you know like I kept. It kept taking me out of the story because I was so focused on the the awful looking CG. It was, I thought yeah. the graphics and uh, the special effects all looked about as good as we could expect for something like mm-hmm. this. And yeah, I mean, I just like it, it. It's fun. It's fine. And I I really like her. I think Jennifer Walters does a great job with this. I think she's like yeah. really kind of cute and fun and bubbly. And it did feel like her and Bruce have a kind of fun chemistry. I thought they worked well mm-hmm. together. They did. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Mark Ruffalo as an actor. He's so natural. And Tatiana Maslany here. I mean, she's uh, pretty renowned at this point, you know, for her role in Orphan Black, where she played multiple characters uh, on, on every episode of that show. Uh, so she's really getting to you know, do that in, in a sense here where she's playing both, you know, the She-Hulk and Jennifer Walters character. Uh, uh, and, and she's having a lot of fun with it. You can really tell that. And she brings a lot of naturalism to all of her line deliveries and reactions as well. I I love uh, one of her reactions in episode two uh, when there's this great meta joke and she just kind of gives a little aha to the camera and it's it's just the perfect delivery where it works on every level. And uh, I I just think they got the right actress to to pull off stuff like that. So in episode one, we get her origin story. We get her training with Bruce. Which is, a, a, I guess, a positive thing, too, because that's one in some of the more recent properties, people have complained that these characters don't have enough of a training or origin yeah. type stuff. We see her learn from Bruce, in, and yeah. she's not not really even having to learn from Bruce. Like, she's better than him yeah. and everything, you know? <laughs> well, it's kind of worthless in, in that regard, I, I right. think. And that's, 
that kind of ties directly into what I didn't like about the writing, which was, and I, I, I feel like uh, I'm going to be, you know, immediately looked at as like a misogynist saying this, but this is a very Mary Sue kind of a setup here where she's just perfect at everything from the beginning. Well, she doesn't and there's have no real any... hero's journey to, well, to it all. There's that no was the major issue in movement. Yeah. She, what does she have to really, I, we, I guess we see it at the start of episode two more than mm-hmm. in episode one because she gets fired. Right. But, but yeah. in episode one, we're just thinking like, what does she have to overcome? Yeah. Everything's great. Maybe that's part of her journey is that it's going to be about, you know, being, yeah, dethroned from this high horse kind of, uh, maybe she, she's going to be taken down a peg and then have to come back, you know, re-realize, you know, her own potential yeah. um, in, in a way that she hadn't before. Yeah, because uh, we so see her. Who knows? Maybe it's too early to judge in that way. Kind of hitting what she's seeing rock bottom when she's at the bar mm-hmm. by herself drinking. And, right. And then the guy walks in and offers her a job, Holloway. But no, you, yeah. that. That was one of the issues in the first episode is it, it felt very like clean, you know, mm-hmm. for yeah. uh for a training. Like when we see Kate Bishop, I mean anyone, just think about some of the the early, you know, some of the younger um MCU um, right, right. like heroes recently. They have these sort of growing pains. Right. That yeah. that we didn't <laughs> really see her deal with very much at all. Even because like I mean like she she can come in and out of Hulk. She has different abilities with Hulk than Bruce ever had. So yeah. she doesn't even have the same struggles with the Hulk character. She can go in and out of Hulk whenever she wants. She can, yeah. um, you know, she can control it like Bruce has never been able to do. Absolutely, yeah. And that's a, that's a really interesting aspect. I think it opens up a lot of opportunities uh, for the character, but it also, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It kind of closes off opportunities with the storytelling and, and challenges for the characters. And it and it's a major aspect of, I think, what makes the Hulk the Hulk is that uncontrollable rage, anger. And it's, you know, uh, it's an allegory and it's a metaphor for, you know, male aggression and anger and the danger that we can we can uh, do to others and like the the realization of that and you know the, maybe the self-loathing or the, the the personal relationship, the interpersonal relationship that you know someone has with themselves when they're they realize that they're capable of of doing real damage out there. That's just something that's kind of been stripped away from the story. Um, I don't think they'll really be touching on that, uh, and I, I don't know if that's for the better. A normal amount of rage was the title <laughs> of episode one. <sighs> so yeah, that those are some of the critiques. Just w- what. Will she really have to overcome? I mean, we 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 get a better idea of it in episode two. She's going to become a lawyer for some of these super powered superhumans that Holden Holloway refers to them as. And her first case that she decides she wants to take is Emil Blonsky, aka Abomination, trying to get him out, trying to get him off. So we're going to see her. It looks like moving forward. Kind of being this Charlie Cox because he's actually supposed to be in the show, uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Also, I thought he was credited for eight episodes. It looks like I, d- I didn't see him in episode two, so it looks like it must be right. less than that. But it's a fun, like you said, the idea of it and the premise of it. It feels like there's a lot that you can do here. Absolutely, and that, I'm glad you mentioned Daredevil too because uh, I believe they announced that's going to be eighteen episodes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but no, that's a like... lot of episodes to fill. I wonder if there's going to be a, a dynamic where it's going to be heavily Jennifer Walters uh, involved. It's 18. That's nine and nine. I wonder if it's going to be like a double season with Daredevil and She-Hulk, and they're just not letting us in on that yet. That's a great uh, point. I don't know. That's, that's it, a total speculation. It's a total shot in the dark, there. but it makes, it makes a lot of sense because when you think of the 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 lawyer dynamic, it's very similar. Right. Right. Yeah, they could be going head to head. Yeah, head to head, they could eventually become partners. You right. know, become yeah. become a team. It, it could be as they should, <laughs> as they exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we got the two episodes. They're like thirty and thirty five minutes long. Both of them have these uh, mid credit scenes here. The one thing I just thought watch watching back was fun, fun. Like yeah. these are fun, a good fun vibe to them. Um, but a high ceiling and a lot we can attack. Let's do it right now. Let's attack. We're going to go through episode one. We'll go through episode two. We start episode one, She-Hulk, a normal amount of rage with Jennifer Walters, attorney. She's speaking, and it looks like she's breaking the fourth wall right off the bat. Looks like she's talking right to us. But she's actually practicing her closing argument for her case. And she's talking to her fellow ADA, the assistant district attorney, and her paralegal, Nikki. Dennis is... Like her work rival, he's a guy yeah. who's just a total bro. He thinks he's better than her. He want he's like a mansplainer, you know. Mm-hmm. He's one of those who just he he thinks he should be the dude and not Jennifer Walters. So she then she has Nikki, who's her best friend, <clears throat> who's her paralegal, who's her sidekick, and the speech that she's giving makes a lot of sense, and it's it's something that we've heard little tidbits of all over the place. What is the responsibility of those with power? Do they merely have an obligation to refrain from the misuse of that power, or do they have a duty to protect those without it? And that's the bulk of her her statement here. It's funny because as she's practicing, Dennis is saying the thing – like Dennis is saying all the stuff that men would say. Oh, it's so wordy. Yeah. Smile more. You know, smile a right. little bit. And um, and then her paralegal Nikki tells her after, and you win the case. Awesome, you know, great job. So we see quickly the dynamic between the three of them. Nikki yeah. is her awesome helper, um, assistant. Dennis is this like snossagey d bag who wants to make life <laughs> difficult on her. I like that snossagey. Um, yeah, I, I I think that it was really effective in uh, portraying the dynamic that you just mentioned. That's very apparent. But I think that that also is a, a byproduct of how heavy-handed they are with the writing on these characters. I, I know they're kind of going for a little bit of a farce uh, tone, so it, it does work in that sense. I would like it to be a little funnier, uh, even though it, this is you know a little bit funny to me. Uh, I just thought they were a little bit heavy-handed in terms of, just for example... Um, her, sorry, what's it, what's his name here? Dennis. Can you remind me? So Dennis here, he's just so immediately, uh, dumb and like kind of worthless. And he just seems an, an antagonistic in a way that feels like cartoonish. Uh, I know, and then, no, you're right. It feels like, and then <laughs> it doesn't feel like a real human being would do that and have that, like he be made- able to be where he is with that level of like, you know, antagonism and, and lack of self-awareness. And then he on says the a line side, in the second yeah. episode that I oh, couldn't yes. believe when he says, there's a hot yes. chick over there. I'm going to go talk to it. 
Exactly. Like, it's so heavy. I get it. Made, I, I, I laughed out loud actually when he said it because I was like, yeah, there's no way that they put that yeah. in. And then I like went back. And I was like, he said it. Oh my God. I can't believe yeah. that they did. Like, yeah, no, you're right. I agree on that. So I, I feel like they're painting men with a little bit of a broad uh, brush <laughs> here as, as dumb, misogynist, worthless kind of people. Uh, and I get that that's a reactionary thing that they're doing in response to, you know, society and you know portray portrayals the as they have been yeah the world so there, there there's a reason that that exists in the way that it does oh i'm not going to pretend like i don't get that but it does feel a little bit unrealistic and then on, on the flip side you know her best friend is just so supportive and i i see that for, throughout the, the episode it's like almost like they're going out of their way to make all women super supportive of her as this way to like show representation that that's how women should be and like that's uh, it and I get, and I again, I get why they're doing that because there's a history of you know showing women as being very oppositional to each other and catty and and you know a lot of infighting and and that sort of thing. And uh, women do have, in my experience, um, of a, a lot of supportive energy and you know empathy that they give uh, to each other more so than I've noticed you know among men uh, just generally. So it it is a little bit accurate in that regard, but it just feels overdone overblown and the the word that keeps coming into my head is just heavy-handed they're they're trying to push an agenda they're really trying to really put representation front and center and i think real characters and story and the story kind of takes a backseat to that in some cases and i wonder like you were saying and and we'll have to see because we've seen these first two episodes it's just the first two episodes so far it <laughs> it's not like a like you're you're right it's it's so heavy-handed in some places that you almost take it like a joke. Like mm-hmm. it's, a joke is the wrong way of putting it, right? You know, like it's not it's not a joke. It's not something they're joking about, but they're they're almost kind of like playing into it a little bit too much. Yeah. You know, like really playing into the ideas a little too much. Um so as they get ready to go out into the courtroom, Jennifer stops and she says, Hold on, and she walks back into the office. And then she breaks the fourth wall. She um, she tells us, hey, you know, about that. Um, okay, r- right before she does that, her friend Nikki lets us know that she's a Hulk. She kind of makes a joke about it, so you don't really know. She's, she says something like, um, and if it doesn't go our way, you can just Hulk out, right? Blow everyone's <laughs> minds. And she goes, oh, the only Hulking I'm going to do is in the legal sense. But then she closed the door, and she comes back in, and she says, yeah, I'm about that. It's true. I am a Hulk, and I'm guessing you won't be able to focus on this fun lawyer show until you know all about that. So let me get you up to speed. And then, boom, we go to her origin story, and it's her and Bruce. So just about two or three minutes in the present day before we head back to her origin story, which just seems like it was a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love the way they set this whole thing up. Like, the, as much as I have to um, critique about you know the character development and things like that. I love how quickly we get into this backstory and the fun way that she just breaks the fourth wall to do it. They just give us all the information that we need, and then we're right there. Um, and I, I love that we're just on a road trip with these two characters, and we get to see Banner kind of giving us even more backstory about how he's kind of fixed his arm. They're he's talking. Got the inhibitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're laying a little bit of groundwork for that 
joke that comes later uh, on at the end, that, that big payoff uh, in the post-credit sequence, uh, which I, I thought was great. I can immediately tell what she was driving at there as they're driving. And then it's a, a huge, uh, you know, surprise to all of a sudden see a Sakaran spaceship in the middle. I had to take it back. Like, what did we, what did we just watch there? They're just driving normally. And all of a sudden there's a spaceship. It's not anything what I expected. Uh, so I really enjoyed uh, this moment, how quickly they moved uh, there. And then immediately that we're, we're seeing Mark Ruffalo's Hulk uh, and, and uh, Mark Ruffalo. They're moving that story forward a little bit. So it, it feels consequential and it feels very much like embedded in the world of the MCU. Absolutely. I think his presence there, just like there's a feel to yeah. it. Just like, oh, okay, cool. He's he's in the mix here. <laughs> a couple, couple things that were funny. So um, we see her and Bruce. You know, he's in human form because he has this inhibitor that can keep him in human form. Um, and then a really fun inside joke. They're eating Cheetos with chopsticks, which was yes. something that Oscar Isaac did on the set of Moon Knight. <laughs> and everybody just started making fun of him. And it became this thing that went viral. So yeah. they they put it in a show, which is great because, like, it's so irrelevant to anything. Like, you, you can insert this yeah. into any show. It's not like – but it's just, like, a funny inside joke to some of the people who worked on Moon Knight and who worked with Oscar Isaac because this thing became a sensation. And you know what? It makes sense when you think it about it. If you don't yeah. want to get the Cheeto fingers – you know what? Brilliant. Use the chopsticks. I, I thought this was great. <laughs> and we see them later in the episode eating the Cheetos again with the chopsticks. And um, and that's when they're just, you know, two cousins in the car talking. And it's funny because I, I'm pretty close with my cousin Vicky, who's a little – like two years older than me. And it just – this the, the dynamic reminds me a lot of how I am with her. Like we just – we joke yeah. a lot. She's kind of crass a little. You know, she's not like afraid to like have a, like a dirty or a lewd joke and – So she starts asking about Steve Rogers here, and she says, okay, here's my theory. Steve Rogers did not have a girlfriend before he went into the service. So he becomes Captain America, and from that moment on, a symbol of America, he's rushed to the front lines. He becomes a war hero. Based on everything you've told me, after he gets unfrozen, he goes from world-threatening disaster to world-threatening disaster. That's when he's not a fugitive from the law, right? So he seems like he's pretty, 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 pretty busy. And Bruce is like, yeah, I mean, you're repeating everything I've told you about my friend. What, my, what? She goes, Captain America was a virgin. And right <laughs> as she says it, she has to swerve out of the way because that big Sakarian ship that you mentioned is mm. right in the middle of the road. So she swerves to avoid hitting it, and they get into this huge crash. The car goes off a ledge. Both of them are, are okay, but she actually has to pull Bruce out of the car. He's bleeding, and his inhibitor, the device that he has created, it's malfunctioning, and he actually starts to bleed, and his blood spills on Jennifer, who then transforms into a Hulk. What would you think about this process of her becoming the Hulk? So uh, a few things I really liked about this sequence. Um, uh, the surprise of the ship in that in that great moment, you know, the, the comedic moment where you're really not expecting it, it added that uh, added the, to the level of surprise because it was just such a a low key fun moment, and all of a sudden there's a spaceship right in front of them. Uh, I love the slow motion shot inside the car where you see the the Cheetos flying around inside the cabin of the car. I thought that was a really nice detail from what we'd just seen there. Um, and then I uh, I liked the sequence overall here where she changes 
it felt a little bit rushed to me. If I can transition a, to the that's critique. a good word. There were a few things throughout both of the episodes that I think I think felt rushed. It felt yeah. like we yada yada through a couple things just to kind of oh we only have thirty minutes here we'll get there. But yeah, yeah, we didn't we didn't get a big like Bruce transformation right. We didn't see her hulking out and what. Well, actually, the only the only thing we initially see is her reflection in the car. Right. Right. And we see her yeah. like get big from behind and like her the outshaping of her body, but we see the like the greenish kind of reflection in the car. But it's it's actually a few more minutes before we really see her as the Hulk. That's right. Yeah. And uh I you know, I, I as far as it being rushed, like I think part of it just has to do with the, what they changed about the story as well. Yep. In the comics, um she goes a little bit more unwillingly into the world of, uh, you know, the Hulk of Hulkdom. Uh, she's, you know, injured gravely in a, sim- a similar scenario. And uh, Bruce saves her and actually has to give uh, her his blood to mm. save her. And that's something that, you know, it's a, it's a non-consensual thing. I think that actually raises a lot of interesting dynamics in the relationships after the fact of like, yeah, you saved me, but you did this thing that I didn't, you know that's good that, that I didn't consent to, and now I'm gonna have to live with that for the rest of my life. That creates Frankenstein me, for, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and I thought that it was a little bit silly the way they flipped it, and I I could only think that the reason they didn't do that is again gender politics kind of creeping in here. Like they didn't want to have a man saving uh the a, a woman on their you know female hero show she has to be the the, the kind of creating from creating this woman almost like an adam and eve thing you know yeah like where it's like yeah. hey from me became eve you know like it's she even mentions that uh when they name her right she says gosh name, yeah everything has to come from the hulk you know uh yeah that's a good point but, but even in in the like the logic of the moment so she saves him which you know, fine. Maybe she's in better shape because of the way that the tra- the crash the happened. But hit. like, she she rips off the door. It's something that's very far fetched. Usually, that's why the jaws of life exist. You know, like it's very difficult to do that after the the car frame has been crunched in a little bit. Um, so that was just a little bit. You know, she hasn't she hadn't gotten any powers at that point. It didn't make any sense to to justify that. I guess you could chalk it up to luck, but that to me is bad writing. Uh, then directly after that, she's pulling out this guy that weighs twice as much as her, dragging him, and then just kind of conveniently, the blood falls into the blood. It felt a little bit forced. To me, it would have been a little bit more realistic. I would have believed it more if, you know, she was just in an accident and he was able to save her. And he and bleeds on her. That just, yeah, yeah. that would have made you know, more, something. I agree. I feel I agree. like they just had to do too many logical leaps in order to to force it to to fit that way and it's like they already did it one way in the, in the comics you didn't need to change it it didn't really serve us to do that i really think it was motivated by gender politics in a way that you know ultimately detracted from the story now she runs through the woods kind of roaring and then blacks out yeah. wakes back up in the woods as jennifer and she's right outside a bar called the ideal sports bar she's Dirty, her clothes have been ripped up. She looks like someone who's just been, you know, sleeping in the woods. She sneaks around the back of this place and into the bathroom, starting to clean herself up. Here we get some more women helping women. A group of right. women enter the bathroom, 
and they see how she looks. This this one didn't bother me as much though. This is something that I don't I'm not in mm-hmm. the women's bathroom, but I imagine <laughs> right. does kind of happen in the women's bathroom a little bit, right? Like a girl comes in mm-hmm. there, looks completely like she was in like a fight, like in there, like whoever, whatever man did this to you, I can't believe yeah. it. And so they, they clean her up, they give her a jack, like a jacket, they put some makeup on her, and uh, she she almost looks like she's dressed like a prostitute. Um, right. <laughs> when she comes outside. Um, I was wondering if the women were prostitutes. They, must, they, gave, they, might they, they gave me right. that vibe. Yeah, they, I, thought, I was thinking so too. They were very sweet though. They were they were and, nice prostitutes yeah. if they were, you know. So uh, power- And that's why they jumped right to the assumption of like some dude like roughed her up and that they weren't going to call the cops about it because it was probably a pimp in their mind and they they deal mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff all the time in their world. You're right. So it, it, it did make makes make sense and I liked how they they got away with that, that sort of thing. I feel like they're going to have adult kind of um, dynamics sprinkled into the show without being a, too overt so that, it, you know, it can't be enjoyed by kids. Well, even uh, like the Steve I, Rogers, I like at, Virgin Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, yeah, it adds a little reality to the scene. I mean, these are adults and, and uh, you know, we're adults watching it. So it, it has to serve us as well as uh, the, the kids who we have to uh, assume are also watching. There were two things in the series that I absolutely loved and i'm glad that you mentioned mm-hmm. the one of the first ones at the the steve rogers virgin joke but i love yeah. the fact how they brought up like do the avengers get paid do they have mm. medicare you know like these are just yeah. questions that adults would have at, would ask right yeah, like it would ask in this world <laughs> and i thought you're right like we saw falcon having trouble getting money he couldn't get a loan yeah. falcon and the winter soldier you know these are like questions that a normal person would ask so uh i i thought that was funny and as she is waiting out front to be picked up by Bruce, a couple of these bros approach her outside of the bar. Uh, creepy dudes that are, you know, seeing a good-looking woman by herself. And, of course, yeah, you know, they gang come rapists. Out. Yep. Gang and rapists. He- like the type of gang rapists that you see outside of every bar. Every ideal bar, ideal sports bar is going to have a – a pack of gang rapists outside of it. Just yeah, you've been to a just, sports bar before. Just waiting. It's um, <laughs> you. You said that word uh, as we are recording on Sunday morning. There was a punter for the Buffalo Bills. He uh, he was a rookie. He just got signed this year, and <clears throat> he they called him Punt God because he is incredible. He can kick the ball basically the length oh. of the field. They just found out in the last few days that this guy was uh, he's allegedly. He's uh, being accused of part of a gang rape of a seventeen-year-old oh, girl. Goodness! And like you okay. just and it was I, I like take back what I said. They're out well, there. Well, very <laughs> topical. Well, it wasn't a joke, but it was like it's super topical yeah. right this second because wow. it just happened on Saturday. As it, so when you see these things with like movies and shows, when you got to keep in like, and when people prob- are listening, hear this. Th- this was done months ago, you know, and now this thing comes mm. out, so it's gonna sound. Like it was something that, you know, makes, but it, it was so weird when I was going through some of my notes again this morning and, and thinking that was just like, wow, this is something that we, this guy, it's been all over the news in the last day or two. And we see Jen, I mean, she's the Hulk now. You don't want to mess with her. This is not the, this is not the right target to pick on. (laughs) If you're trying to look for a a poor girl that you're going to be able to go and uh, wreak havoc on, this is not the one. So what are the chances? Right. What are what are the chances that this girl is uh, they follow her and she turns around and as she's becoming Hulk, she's like hulking out on them. She we sort of just see her get 
kind of like speared and tackled yeah. by uh by Bruce who had yeah, just come come there. So she fades. We fade to black again. This happens a few times with her where it's sort of like blackout. Yeah. And then we wake back up. And when yeah. And I think she's going to be getting over that pretty soon too, which is kind of an interesting dynamic. You're like, like I love, uh, forgot to mention this before, but they kind of play it like a werewolf dynamic, you know, with that whole Jekyll and Hyde transformation that the Hulk does. And this, this way it plays out out a lot more like Wolfman, you know, werewolf style. Uh, But it seems like, you know, I'll jump ahead a little bit later. We find that she can, you know, shift back and forth. Uh, That's going to be a dynamic that just falls away. I think, I don't think we're going to see that really on the show anymore. So she wakes up in Mexico at Bruce's beach house, kind of looks around and hears music coming from a lab in the basement. And Bruce is down there as smart Hulk is he's doing some work in this incredible looking lab. And he mentions, uh, she says, you're a Hulk again, says smart Hulk. And she, oh, wow. He says, I didn't come up with it. You never have a choice with these names. <laughs> um, tells her that they're in Mexico he talked to her family. He let him know that they're okay. He says, this is where I spent fixing myself and integrating the Hulk banner identities. Tony built it for me a few years ago. And so he's letting her know where they are. Yeah. Now she asks, okay, what the hell happened? Did we hit a spaceship? He makes uh, sure to let her know. Yeah, Sakarian class eight courier craft. Probably trying to deliver a message. Got to get to the bottom of that. You know, weird stuff just kind of finds you when you're a Hulk. But first, we got to deal with you. And so she's asking, what happened to me? He said, I'm, I'm sorry. I tried to warn you. My blood got into your system. And then after the wreck, you got a lethal dose of gamma radiation. She's lethal? I'm going to die? He's like, no, 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 no. Uh, there's more to it than that. And she's <laughs> like, okay, not not, not the greatest uh, wording there. You made me think I was yeah. going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die. Uh, he says, look, we share a rare combination of genetic factors that allows us to Synthesize gamma radiation into something else So She turns into a Hulk now And apparently he's been looking at her blood And he was able to use it To completely hear his, uh, heal his arm mm. So uh, She says yeah I'm better than you And he's, he says no It's just different What did you think <laughs> of uh, the lab here in Mexico um, I thought it was Really interesting we got a little bit of a backstory. Uh, about you know where Hulk's been you know when he you know how did he turn into Smart Hulk that's something we never got to see and now we have a little bit of information uh, about you know where he went to and you know the process we had to assume he had a lab somewhere some type of government funding that you know was was going into it or some kind of private funding I don't know who's funding this lab it it, it seems expensive um, and like you brought up before like do the Avengers get paid. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought this was really cool. The the joke about the um, you know the lethal dose I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and it, uh, I think is this did we already see the Led Zeppelin shirt? Is that what like when she woke up we see her in a, like a Led Zeppelin yes. shirt? I want to say yeah, she's I got the Led Zeppelin. It's like there. Yeah, I I, I want to say that's probably Tony Stark's shirt. Has to so. be right. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. There was a scene on one of the recap or one of the recaps I watched or I was listening to. They have a whole um, uh, band shirts in the MCU segment mm, where, like, right. they go through all the different people who have been wearing, like, band metal rock, rock metal or, you know, different mm. rock T-shirts. It's, it's pretty funny. It goes through a bunch of them. So they're here in Mexico, and Bruce is giving Jen the, the lowdown. 
says, uh, my arm is healed and now I'm able to be my fully integrated self again. She calls him Smug Hulk, <laughs> which was I thought pretty funny. <laughs> she says, well, it's pretty smug calling yourself smart. She says, I didn't come up with it. She said, you use it. Implied endorsement. I love and that. He says, Lawyer. He says, Don't <laughs> lawyer me. But, yeah. <laughs> it, like, that's a small thing. But mm. that's one of the things that I remember from this episode. It's just her, yeah, like, same. that little interaction, the, like, implied endorsement. Don't lawyer yeah. me. Like, I just, <laughs> it was it was quick, but it's, like, a cute little thing that makes you smile. Um, so Bruce puts her blood into a device that kind of looks like an oven. And... <clears throat> Analyzes it and Jen says Okay now you know fix me Get me back to normal And he says no it's way too dangerous To get out in the world even if there's only A millionth percent chance that it makes another One of us he says Jen this is not Going away she She's not really comprehending this yet Though for her she thinks That she's just going to be fixed and go right back To her job Bruce is trying to tell her hey look Your whole life is different now You're a Hulk you can't you're not Just going to be able to turn this thing off even, you know, he doesn't realize she can go in and out of it. But we see even yeah. someone like her who can go in and out of this and who can control it, they're still not going to be able to live a normal life, have a normal job, do the normal day to day. Yeah, she's going to have her own uh, set of challenges, which I think was smart uh, for for the writers to to build her in in, the, in this story that way. Um, you know, so it's not just a carbon copy of what uh, of what Bruce Banner goes through with his. Rage issues. Um, I think that was that was smart. I I, I alluded to it maybe not being the best uh, b- before, but I could kind of see how it also opens up doors for her to deal with other issues uh, and for it to not feel repetitive. Um, I also I I gotta say I, I liked this little touch. There's a piece of technology in here that I found really interesting. That how we destroyed the blood with those lasers. It seemed to like pulverize the blood sample down to atoms and i was reminded of the line from i want to say endgame when thanos is talking about what he did with the the infinity stones and i I was wondered like exactly how that worked like did he just wish it with his you know with his power or did he use some type of tech like that and i wonder if that is essentially the same thing that uh the same technology uh at play that that uh he used to destroy those infinity stones just curious about that so Jen is kind of freaking out a little bit here. She, you know, she said, give me that little device thing that you had. He said, this was a prototype that was calibrated to me. Said, Great. Make one for me. Calibrate it to me. <laughs> I can't do that. You know, this has been a process <laughs> I've been struggling with. The best that I could do was merge my two halves. Give it time in the lab. We could possibly do the same for you. She's like, no, I don't want to be a Hulk. I just got my own office. I have business cards. Says Jen, there's no going back to what you were before. And she's freaking out and she's panicking. And then she faints. We wake back up to them eating pancakes. And he's just letting her know I this is gonna be hard to hear, but you're gonna have to change the way you live. Avoid stressful situations, stay away from people. And she says, I can't stay away from people. That's my job. <laughs> he keeps telling her though You can't go back to your job <laughs> You know yeah. you, you stay here until you figure out how to control your Hulk And she asks How long is that going to take Bruce throws down this huge binder On the table <laughs> this yeah. huge binder. This is a multi-year journey You're about to embark on Coming to terms with being the Hulk I traced all my steps through my evol- uh, evolution Never thought that it would end up being a syllabus But here we are 
Hopefully your progress will go faster than mine. She says, multi-year? Yeah, "Yeah, about 15 years or so. What? (laughs) That's great. That's about the length of the MCU at this point, which is awesome. Yeah. So Bruce has Jen inside uh, a chamber with the helmet on as he wants to study her. And he she's at he's telling her, okay, we have to find out how the transformations are triggered. Usually it's emotional states, so we have to see what your threshold is. She jokes about Pixar movies. <laughs> she said, put yeah. on a Pixar movie when Bing Bong jumps <laughs> out of the wagon on inside out. And Bruce, it's funny because Bruce is starting to like it, it makes Bruce sad just hearing it. He's like, Bing Bong, no, no. He doesn't even want to. He doesn't want to hear it. So um, I thought this is funny because when it's it's meta, right? When yeah. when in the MCU they talk about Disney movies and yeah. Disney stuff because it's like, oh, okay, so I guess there is Disney in the MCU. They that exists to them. It's always funny yeah. to see what's what's real and what's not. I I was doing the mental math in my head for a minute, like, okay, I guess yeah, that that works. Um, so in this chamber. Bruce basically has these these like saws that are going to come yeah. right at you. The point is to trigger your emotions to like get get the Hulk out of you, I guess. That's the yeah. point of what but but she actually laughs, you know, afterwards she's like, "What's the point of the chamber? Like what's the actual point of that chamber? It's it's yeah. you have blades coming at someone. Uh what was going to happen if I didn't Hulk up? I was just going to die." But she does. She hulks up yeah. and she um, right as these blades are are coming at her, talk about shock therapy, you know. I mean, she she sees these saws spinning at her, and yeah. she uh, she's able to transform into the Hulk, and she stops the machine and she breaks the chamber, and we get our first look at Jen as the Hulk, where she has a little Hulk out moment. Yeah, I like this moment. I I, I thought it was a deranged in just the right kind of a way uh you know it has you as an audience member never really believing that she's gonna go but it, it just seeing those blades coming at uh her character and at the camera for a moment there it just it you, you kind of feel it and you put yourself in that situation and you go actually what if she doesn't turn you know she's really gonna face this and be, be chopped up here and it's just a, an interesting mental image uh that you have as as an audience member and like i love the way she hoaxes out and gets angry, it creates a, like a nice uh, co- comic, uh, comedic moment at the end there. Um, this was one of my uh, moments in in the episode that I, I, I liked more than the rest of it, I would say. I, I think this worked pretty much bell to bell, this whole scene. So she is Hulk, green, big. Mm-hmm. And Bruce is like, whoa, calm down. You know, he's talking to her like you would yeah. talk to an animal. And she says, yeah. why are you talking to me like I'm a stray horse? And, <laughs> and he can't believe it that it's her. She's actually able to communicate with him. It's not like when Bruce becomes the Hulk and he's like he can't he can't really speak. And it's like there's a like he says yeah. a passenger like there's another person on the wheel. She doesn't mm-hmm. have this alter ego. It's just Jen becoming the Hulk. And yeah. Bruce she's is kinda, actually smart Hulk from from the jump. Yeah. <laughs> She's Bruce is fascinated by this because she's so different than him. He says, you're not going to have to wrestle with another guy for 10 years. And he kind of looks and he surveys the damage. He's like, you know, that's about a million dollars worth of damage back there. 
And he's Again, still who's like, paying for this? It's there's this um, jealousy that Bruce has now, like through the mm-hmm. rest of this episode, where it's like, how come she can go in and out? How come yeah. she doesn't have to deal with these things that I dealt with? How come she can Hulk jump and clap and do all these things like perfectly that I've had to work on for years and years and years? As he just sort of rips I'll, out. I'll a answer that. I can answer for Bruce right now. Unfortunately, I can't talk to him, but it's. It's because the writers wanted to give the main character girl power moments. That's yeah. really what it came down to. I mean, yeah. this is, again, this is my com- kind of complaint about this character and the way they wrote her is that she's she has no strife. She, she's got no learning curve. She's just immediately awesome and always. And that's just not that interesting. You can't really get behind somebody that's like, you know, you want to root for the underdog. You, this is This is somebody that's like the Patriots out of the gate, you know, like just there's just per, too perfect and that that's not super appealing or relatable I, I i agree it was there were just a few times where i was like ah really like she's that much better than bruce here like mm-hmm. i and and so i feel weird cuz i feel like mixed emotions in that i appreciate the training montage mm-hmm. at least like we get it right there is the training but this is the one one of the things that we were saying she had like no Growing pains whatsoever There wasn't anything that she struggled (laughs) With learning from Bruce to where He had to teach her He had to you know really Work with her to show her this Like everything was just Instantly picked up right away Which some people Are like that right but this was Mm -hmm. This was a little different Um, And She she just keeps feeling like She doesn't need to do this and Bruce Keeps trying to remind her look you can't. It's not going to be like your old life was. You're not going to be able to just go back out into the world. Um, you you are have, you're going to have to stay here with me as this Hulk until we figure things out. Because she yeah. at this point doesn't really realize that she can go in and out quite yet. We're going to pick that up in just a moment. He lets her know. You know, one time I was stuck as the other guy for a couple years. You have a lot to learn about being a Hulk. I don't think you have thought through how dangerous this level of power is. One mistake, one freak out Is literally life or death yeah. And uh, It's kind of funny because he sort of Asks her at one point You know As a, you know, w- what can you do You know, as, like, can you control Your, your rage And she, she sort of jokes It's in a few minutes and she kind of talks about how As a woman, that's what she has to do All the, She's like, I thought that line was kind of funny Because that one made sense to me and it didn't feel quite as like like really over the top them needing to alter the way characters are because she's right. She's like, I get cat called. I have like, mm-hmm. I can't go crazy because people then call me a crazy woman. So she's like, I have to mm-hmm. do this all the time. I have to be in control all the time. That, that part I'm a little, I'm okay with it. I agree mm-hmm. with you in some spots. It felt like, like I, I have no problem with the powerful female character. I have no problem with Shang-Chi with, with, with Miss Marvel when we're going to different places When we're getting um, You know Moon Knight and all these different mm-hmm. Cultures and I, That stuff doesn't bother me it, the, 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 the strong woman Doesn't bother me it's just This one felt like the way that they were getting Her to be the Hulk It felt a yeah. little bit forced in some spots Like we said it's a, it was like a little lazy Just making her so perfect right away I agree. It's that Mary Sue dynamic. You need to have the character. I mean, because that's that, that's what's relatable. The human experience, uh, we all know what it's like to start off being okay at something 
or, you know, just like not being total shit at something and then slowly but surely picking it up, pushing through. That's like a relatable experience. That's a story to it. You know, somebody just picking up a basketball and hitting three pointers on the first attempt and doing nothing less than that, that'd be, you know, kind of remarkable, you would say, but that, is that a super interesting story? No, the story comes when you face adversity and you overcome it in some way. Maybe that comes in another way down the line, but we, we haven't gotten a chance to see that yet. And it just feels too much like, check out how cool this, this character that we created is. Isn't this character so cool? They're so cool, right? It, it's almost like, um, <laughs> it's almost like, that character in uh, The Simpsons, blanking on the name, it's that that uh, that dog character that they Poochie? introduced. Yes, it's like the Poochie kind of dynamic. Like you That's... see the writers just like really trying to push for some reaction from us instead of just building a world and a character that feels authentic <laughs> and that that will will produce the the dynamics and the reaction that they're they're going for. They're just they're trying to force it down our throats. And I'm, I'm, I got to be honest, I'm a little bit more critical of that moment that you talked about. I think it works for a couple of reasons uh, that I could talk about. But I still in that that moment that where she's saying, you know, I have to deal with it every day and I have to control my temper infinitely more than you. I thought that that was kind of another reductive, you know, gender theory kind of uh, just pushing gender ideology and discourse about that uh, to the front without really justifying it with what we saw uh, in, in the show. I feel like if we saw a little bit more of that earlier in the show, I can think of two examples. Obviously, she faced the, you know, the, the gang rapists and the, the, Dennis. Uh, the Dennis. But again, those guys were so heavy-handed that it, it, it all just felt part of this attempt at the writers to just build this kind of satirical world that doesn't quite reflect, I think, accurately or, or you know, in, in a way that feels worthwhile, uh, you know, our, our real world. It just, it, it, it's, it's trying too hard. It's trying to force these ideas down our throats instead of like just showing, showing us I in agree. a way that feels authentic or, or that we go, oh yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, that's how men do that. Yeah, that sucks. Well, instead, what, they show it in this very cartoonish way that, you know, doesn't feel real. Yeah, if we would have seen a couple more of her interactions in the court before <laughs> she said that line, it probably yeah. would have rang more true just with us having seen it with her, like a couple, like a judge downplaying her or another lawyer kind of giving her crap, you know, stuff like that to where she had to just yeah. sort of suck it up and bite her tongue. Um, now we're, we're at the point where they're on the beach and they're training dialectical behavioral therapy. It allows <laughs> us to hold two opposing truths at the same time. First, we're going to practice some mindfulness with yoga techniques. So they get seated, ready for their yoga. Jen's kind of mocking. She says, let your thoughts drift away. Relax your neck. Bend your knees if that's comfortable. Hold in your farts. <laughs> Namaste, <laughs> Namaste all day. As, uh, I thought that was really funny. Bruce says it's, it's more about presence and accepting the situation that you're in. She says, oh, I thought it was about getting my butt tight as hell. He's like, gross. I'm your cousin. You know, <laughs> close your eyes and breathe. And um, so... As Jen is asleep, Bruce wakes her up with an air horn to start the training, like because he wants to really trigger her emotions too. So she wakes up, she becomes Hulk, she breaks the bed, and they go out and start to teach. And she starts to learn. And he said they find out that she does revert back to her Jen form when she sleeps. So 
that makes sense, right? When you are mm-hmm. calmed down, you'd 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 go back into your normal form. Is he gives her little um little in, uh, tidbits and little pieces of info? Okay, checklist here. Don't ever think about moving into a place with less than ten foot ceilings. You're gonna need two <laughs> wardrobes, one for Jen and then one for the Hulk. And he says, "Who's your best friend?" She says, "Nikki." He says, "No, spandex is your best friend." <laughs> and so <laughs> he's letting her know all the all the the Hulk hacks here, the things that yeah. are gonna make life being easy uh, being easier for a Hulk. He says, uh, "Now he starts showing her the things to do." He says in a cocky manner, "Boulder toss." Just gonna toss a boulder, not that big a deal here. <laughs> <laughs> so Jen steps up and she grabs a boulder and she tosses this huge boulder with ease. Everything coming to her very easy without much effect. Then we see the jump, and she's screwing around through all of this, but she's definitely mm-hmm. beyond the beginner status. We see Hulk smash, where um, Jen is very satisfied with herself, and Bruce just kind of pushes her off the cliff. Um, yeah. She says, dick move And I'm clearly nailing all these things When am I ever going to use this as a lawyer He says, when you have powers like this, Jen It puts a target on your back And the people you care about So this was, you know, the montage We were talking about, it leads up to them Sitting down and having some drinks It was very quick Through some of it, but we've We've mm-hmm. mentioned it a few different times She didn't have even Even if there was one thing that she couldn't do that Bruce was making fun of her for and that he'd have to come back and say, ah, you can't do that. I'm better than you at it. You know, that, that could have been sort of like a funny little uh, yeah. dynamic. And But everything she just picks up instantly. You're right. Yeah. And that, and that way is like the montage even necessary. It's so one note that you, you're getting the same thing, after, you know, one after another there. And it almost makes you think, like, is this whole part of her journey even necessary it's almost it, it almost makes it feel perfunctory like yeah you know what uh i know you as an audience are expecting the the you know mark ruffalo and the hulk to to be a mentor here but now we're just gonna undercut all of that stuff she doesn't need it but we just have to show you how she doesn't need it real quick and it does in, in that way it's like i don't know i don't feel like we needed this for her journey then uh because it's just kind of like it's inconsequential um, she could have found all this stuff out for herself because she's just naturally good at, at all of it. There's nothing that he's, you know, teaching her. If anything, he's learning the lessons uh, one after another of that. Like, um, I don't know what his lesson would be, but it's like, I guess uh, men are inferior. Like, I'm inferior because I'm a man Hulk and you are the female Hulk. So therefore, uh, go go get him, sister. I It, it just felt, uh, again, like condescending and uh a little bit too like what's the point of this all it had its moments of you know little chuckle moments middle finger going off the cliff um hulk did one up her with strength in terms of throwing a boulder into orbit which was a kind of a fun cool moment um but yeah the whole the all of this kind of felt like what what's the point it's not till they get to the bar in a little bit or they have a more of a face-off that it, it feels more worthwhile to me uh also of note is like this whole sequence here feels very um, animated, especially the one we're about to see. It just feels like we're basically watching a, a video game, really high level video game cutscene, uh, but it's entirely CG. Now, this they sit down and they start to drink. I gotta say, Bruce made this seem like a great thing. How is this a great thing? 
It's yeah, going to cost I, you like a million dollars to get drunk. I, I want the yeah. opposite. I want one drink and I'm drunk. I don't I don't understand. It didn't make any sense. I don't even understand how it works. So they're metabolizing the, the alcohol fast. So do they actually get drunk? Like what's he says? What does he say? He says all buzz. No, all buzz. No it? barf. Yeah. So I, I don't understand how that works. What does that even does that make Our, sense? <laughs> like none, if you can metabolize the alcohol, wouldn't you have no buzz? Our bodies metabolize alcohol at an incredibly fast rate, which means that we can drink so much and not get drunk. All buzz, no barf. I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. It didn't make any <laughs> sense to me whatsoever at all. Like I kept <laughs> thinking about it, and then I was like, I wouldn't even want this. Right. I don't want right. to. Like you see all the bottles they have to drink just to catch a yeah. buzz. Like those aren't no, free. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say those are not free. Um, <laughs> yeah. So hours later, they're burping, they're buzzed. And they're starting to talk. Jen asks, you built this bar by hand? And we do see multiple times throughout the episode how sad Bruce is to have lost Tony and the relationship that they had. He mentions it a lot. Uh, Me and Tony, well, Tony mostly just drank and sat around complaining about Steve. (laughs) He said it was good, a good time during a hard time to a good time during a hard time. And they, you know, they cheers um so yeah just sharing a few drinks but the next morning the hangover is there um as bruce makes a smoothie for jen and she takes a a big swig and they get back to some morning yoga now jen asks she she's getting antsy and anxious now she's like when do you think i can leave (laughs) and he says hey let's just focus on each day as they come but she keeps pushing hey look i have a life to get back to um, Bruce is like Jen. You still aren't getting this. You you you're not going to be able to be a lawyer. And she says I'm not going to be a superhero. I'm going to return to my career I've spent years building. I'm going to use my law degree that I'm still paying off a fortune in student loans for. Talk about topical, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, but he tells her it's not one or the other, Jen. I'm trying to show you that we can live between what we want and what is, but we can't pretend like we are. Two, we aren't two of the few people on earth that can protect her. This is why we have to make sure of your ability to tolerate the stress, regulate your emotions, especially your anger, which she then responds. I do it all the time. I'm catcalled in the street. Incompetent men explain my own area of expertise. I do it pretty much every day because if I don't, I will get called emotional or difficult or I might just get murdered. So I'm an expert at controlling my anger because I do it infinitely more than you. So as she's saying – that she has no problem controlling her anger. She actually becomes the Hulk because yeah. she's, she's frustrated. And Bruce sort of says, hey, look, my point is proved here. Right. Um, this is exactly That's- what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's why I think this scene kind of works to, to your point before. I kind of mentioned this as well, it, that it, in this scene, she, she undermines herself and what she's saying. Yes, so she it's does. not just a plane on the surface like, this character's awesome and she has no growth to do. We actually see as an audience, okay, no, this is going to be a little bit of an issue for her still. Yes. And actually part of her issue is her hubris, which ties into everything that we're seeing so far. Yes. Like, yeah, she's awesome at everything. It's reinforcing your sense that she's awesome at she everything. She knows it. She'll tell you how awesome so, she is. Right. So now we, we take her down a peg and see how she, she does in that regard. So it, I think, you know, and with a long game, a lot of the critiques I'm making here will actually work out because of that. As long as they continue to focus and develop that in the story, uh, that you know that she is someone who can have an over overinflated sense of herself and her ego, and that that's something that needs to be uh, checked because 
you know, just the, the reality of the situation is that she is awesome, right? Good, but, at, good at almost everything. But, yeah. But but at the end of the day, she's immortal, she, a, a mortal, not immortal. Um, and that means that, you know, she's fallible. She has some kind of weakness somewhere. So the writers need to do uh, a good job of developing that and having that play into things over time and having that sense of hubris, you know, come back to bite her at some point and then give her that opportunity to redeem and move forward and, and, and grow. We need to see that for the character because if it's just, I'm awesome, I'm going to stay awesome and then going to keep being awesome forever, like there's really nothing interesting about that. No, and I completely agree with you. It's it's the, she may be her own downfall mm-hmm. in, in when it comes to it instead of maybe others having a bunch of like immediately visible flaws. Her flaws may just be that she doesn't think she has many. Or that, like right. you said, she's too she's too confident in in her abilities and what she can do. Uh, I mean, she can then she quickly turns back into Jen, and mm-hmm. she shows yeah. that she actually does have control. And Bruce is kind of shocked, he's um, blown away. Yeah. He's like, "What the hell?" And she it's he, devastating to him. <laughs> yeah, she, she, he's, he's so jealous. he's so upset. This has been a fifteen year journey for him, and she just gets yeah. up and and she's like, "I guess I've outgrown your binder, cuz love you." I'm going home. Yeah. And she gets back in her Jeep. Like, I'm taking the Jeep back to LA and you can pick it up at my place. He says, Jen, stop. Think it through. And she interrupts him. No, I did your dialectical behavioral therapy. I can change back and forth. I'm happy to get back to my life. And he keeps warning her. Look, I know you didn't ask for this, but whether you like it or not, you are a superhero. Who's going to protect the world if it isn't people like us? He says, are you quoting a comic? Right now, <laughs> the idea of a superhero is not appealing to me. I actually thought this was kind of interesting because mm-hmm. think about it. I mean, you, everyone thinks, oh, I want to be a superhero. But mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't want, wouldn't want to be a superhero. I mean, she, right. she lays it out why it's not a great life. You, you yeah. wind up alone, hiding on some remote beach with no friends, no relationships, never seeing your family. And dealing with a decade's worth of trauma, why would you want that for me, Bruce? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. she has a point. Exactly. Like, it's not easy for all of them. Uh, he- I liked how with, with this, and they, they frame it from the beginning, from the very first line of the show, they're essentially litigating the famous Uncle Ben speech. And yep. she's, she's challenging that, the, that notion uh, right. of, of, of do, does uh, great power, with, with great power, uh, does that actually come great responsibility are, are you beholden to some sense of responsibility if you've been given this great power or is it more complicated than that um and she's she's arguing you know against uncle ben's point there so i thought that's a really interesting way to start off the the show and also that's immediately telling about like okay what is her hero's journey what's her you know refusal of the call it's this she doesn't want to be a superhero she's mm-hmm. not going to be a superhero she doesn't even believe in you know, that the pretext of great power and great responsibility. So we could see that playing out over the course of not just this episode, but the whole series. And I think at the end of this episode, it definitely um, pays that off. So Jen gets in the car and Bruce is standing in her way in front of the car. Um, But she just nails him, crashes into Bruce. And then she sort of feels bad. So she gets out of the car to check on him to make sure he's okay. Yeah. And, um, when she does, they get it, get at it. Um, he says, yeah. "Dick move," and she says, "I learned it from you." As 
She says enough dialectical behavioral bullshit And she hulks up And we get a Hulk fight here She punches Bruce and she tosses him She jumps after him You can sort of get the sense that Bruce Isn't going 100% here I mean this is his cousin That he's he's fighting with He's not trying to kill her You know like So He's trying to he's trying to show her. He's trying yeah. to teach her a lesson, you know, that that he he's trying to go just hard enough, in my opinion, just hard enough that uh, that he can kind of exert his his dominance and his his you know feeling that he's correct here mm-hmm. and and teach her this lesson, you know, which is going to be for her own good in his mind. Yeah. Uh, and, and for her, she's like, "Fuck that, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting no, out of right. here." That's, that's she, the dynamic. She literally <laughs> is saying that. F that. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, he uses the thunderclap to knock her down. Then Jen tries the thunderclap. Actually, this was one of the only things that she couldn't do immediately. Right it took away, her like yeah. two times. And then she two tries. <laughs> two tries. Yeah. Then she figured it out. Um, she quickly uh, is able to pick it. Uh, she's able to do it. And then Bruce's eyes are sort of impacted by the big waves. And she mm-hmm. walks off all proud, but then Bruce tackles her and throws her around. They roar at each other and they fight through the bar until they realize that they've like fought into the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and they just kind of stop, right. like, oh, damn. Yeah. Uh oh. He breaks his glasses too, right? During this yeah. fight. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets mad at her. He says, You're fixing it. Yeah, and, <laughs> they immediately stop. I love that that they they realize yeah. it's like when it's siblings fighting and it then is. they no, broke, you're right in, in the they house and they go through the window yeah. or you're right they break yeah. the lamp. It's like yeah, oh, it, it, it's exactly that moment. Then they stop and they realize you. like oh, exactly, I'm exactly. Like that's funny. That's perfect. It, it, it underscores how um, how much of a sibling rivalry it truly was, and not not a real fight. That they immediately yes. stop when they when they break it like that, and it's so reflective of of like. I think real moments like I, I just is. having brothers and sisters. Like I've been in that moment Me before. Where you just you just stop and you go, oh, okay. My sister went too far. I can hear yeah, my yeah. Sister right now, Gino. Yeah. <laughs> like and just going and running. That's that's funny. Uh, so they uh, they start fixing up the bar and Bruce is fixing it up and he he actually tells her. So if you want to go back to your life as a lawyer, I respect that. And she says thanks. And then she turns to us. To break the yeah. fourth wall And she says he doesn't mean that And as she says it Bruce hears her talking yeah. He doesn't know who she's talking to Or what the hell she's saying But like the the look on his face Is so funny That you catch yeah. off to the side He's got this like His brow is furrowed And it's yeah. like what the hell is going on And it's such a cool little funny shot That you see her She's kind of smiling at you and then you see his face In the background and then she quickly realizes That Bruce might be picking up on what's happening And so she just yeah. like she turns Back away I love this little line it was so It was like so quick and such a quick little moment But it made me chuckle a lot yeah, And her, her reaction's great too it's so It's so wide eyed and like oh oh shit I just got caught <laughs> like yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's a great Natural moment I think uh, Tatiana Maslany it just has Those in spades just so many Of those uh, just quirky little Reactions that feel very, very human. I, I love that they uh, they cast her in this. I thought she did a great job. So she's carving her initials into the bar, and they've quickly fixed the bar up. That's a, a major positive about being a Hulk. You know, you can just carry yeah. all this stuff around very easily. You don't have to make a lot of trips. You know, so they're eating the Cheetos with the chopsticks, and yeah. uh, 
they cheers Cheetos, which I thought was just funny, like a Cheetos chopstick cheers, <laughs> like they, uh, like, um, and yeah. um, they, she gets ready to leave. She says, I'm sorry I said a bunch. This was great. I'm sorry I said a bunch of harsh but very true things. Yeah. <laughs> he says, wow, an apology that still doubles down on a thing you're apologizing for. That's very lawyerly. <laughs> she says, I'm a better lawyer than I am a Hulk. Um, he says, now who's smug? So yeah. she gets in the car and uh, and she drives off. And then Jen is back in the office and she finishes telling us this story. And she's back to her court case in the present day. And she says, now my family knows, Nikki knows, you know. And basically, I was right and Bruce was wrong and I never have to be a Hulk. So now I'm going to go win this case. Lawyer show. I love how she said lawyer show at the end. Yeah. I just walked off. It was like nice. That's great. Um, so they're in the courtroom, and the opposing lawyer sets up the case as Dennis is telling Jen, "Don't screw this up." Okay. So she gets up and begins her closing argument. And right as she begins, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we get a huge like explosion, and someone has just busted into the courtroom through the wall. It's Titania, Jamila Jamel, and things are like flying all over and falling all over. And I mean, think about it. If you're in a courtroom and somebody busts through the wall, people are hiding behind desks. Nobody knows what's going on. And I am Nikki tells Jen, okay, come on, uh, you know, do your thing, you know, do your thing. And Jen's like, no, I'm in front of everyone. And Nikki's like, yeah, yeah, come on, civic duty, Jen, come on, <laughs> do this. And she pressures Jen. She's like, oh, I really like this outfit, but she reminds her to take off the shoes first. Don't want to bust. Don't want to bust through those shoes. And uh, Jen walks over. She hulks up, and we see it sort of from the fist first. Like she makes a fist and then hulks mm-hmm. up. And as her colleagues watch on, Titania is. Power Ranger fighting here I mean the, the right. thing about it is though They they lean into it It's not right. as if they're trying to make it seem Like a serious fight that comes off Poor right. it's a it's a It's a goofy fight it's supposed to be it's, silly She does like a jump it's Adam West Batman stuff exactly like, she does Power like a Ranger jump, The jump drop kick where she's Just like in the air Like a crouching tiger hidden dragon You know like in the air yeah. for like minutes Um and Jen Dispatches her she actually catches a big bench She saves some of the people in the jury She's tossing mm-hmm. things around And then she quickly takes care of her And then she gets right back into Jen um, I, I did love the song that was playing As she gets back into Lawyer Jen It's Eve's Who's That Girl yeah. And she kind of yeah. like um, You know she's she's ready to handle business here And the credits yeah. come up And the credits are this comic style Kind of watercolor animations which look really cool. Um yeah, like, those are cool. So almost like court I, I thought they reminded me of the court, court sketches. Um, sketches. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but just colored. They're they're yeah. they're really yeah. cool looking. What'd you think about Jen and our first look at uh Titania, Jamila Jamil? I mean, we didn't get much from her in this first episode. Yeah. Um but the, tonally I was kind of all over the place and confused me, uh, especially on my first viewing uh, i was a little bit just c- confused by what's going on here who's this woman how did, you, how did she get there like why is she attacking uh and then all of a sudden it just felt 
like a different movie. It was or a different show. Is it was very cartoonish, uh, and like I said before, like very Adam West Batman over the top farcical with with its action. I thought it was kind of choppy with the editing, and that was a little bit weird to me. Um, very hyper stylized in a way that the rest of the the show hadn't been. Uh, and it also reminded me of kind of old school TV adaptations of, you know, the, the Incredible Hulk uh, and, and uh, you know, the old Spider-Man Japanese show and stuff like that. It just reminded me of that kind of over the top, bombastic, cartoonish live action, which, to be frank, I'm not a, a super fan of. Um, I think they could have gone a way that was a little bit more. Uh, and in a way, they did uh, touch on this uh, a little bit and reach this level, but like Kill Bill style, like where they're kind of sending up that, uh, you know, a more stylized uh, type of of action uh, that doesn't need to conform to realism. I think that there's a, like a, a place for that in a way that that's done well. I didn't quite feel they achieved that there, but I can see that maybe they were going for that. Uh, without, you know, the hyper violent aspect of it, of course, this is an MCU Disney show. Uh, but yeah, something about it just felt a little bit off on my re rewatch. I was able to accept it a little bit more and it felt, uh, I don't know, it, it felt okay. It felt like a nice homage to those TV shows, those classic, you know, Adam West Batman as well. And I like how it kind of paid off the whole story of her uh, from the beginning of, is she going to answer the call or not? Uh, and she she does, obviously. Uh, but ultimately, it just felt a little bit cheap and a little bit forced and a little bit rushed. I agree. I, 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 I didn't mind it as much back watching it maybe the second. I think I probably watched it three yeah. times. But mm -hmm. it, it felt like it was a little jar. It was just sort of like, oh, this is different than, than where we yeah. were going. Like the tone shifted um, a bit. It did. But then we get to the mid-credits scene where Which we have <laughs> more of uh, this – Moment when Bruce and Jen were getting were getting drunk, and yeah. she is so obsessed with Steve Rogers, and so she's crying. She's like drunkenly crying, just so sad. Steve Rogers did so much for his country, and he never got to experience sex. I mean, did you see that yeah. ass? I mean, that ass, like it, that ass, did not deserve to die a virgin. It's just so sad. And yeah. Bruce is like just fed up. With this, it's like he did not. Steve Rogers is not a virgin. He lost <laughs> his virginity to a girl in 1943 on the USO tour. And she says, <laughs> Yes, I knew it. And he asks, You're not drunk? And she says, Captain America, fuck. And they cut out. <laughs> this was so, awesome, man. This was awesome, so great. Awesome. And if, if the rest of the show had jokes that hit on that level, this might be my new favorite show. Like, that was a really good one. Uh, Kevin Smith, that's like a Kevin Smith-style comic mm -hmm. book construction uh, that, like, only someone like him used to really uh, offer us. And since then, we've gotten a lot more, you know, deconstructions of the, the, the form of stuff like The Boys, um, sure, missing The Watchmen, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, uh, Alan Moore's uh, original uh, book uh, definitely deconstructs it, but boy, I, I just I loved uh, th this moment. It was very real. It was human, and it was hilarious. Uh, one thing I'll I'll say maybe to add on to the little bit of the Mary Sue argument I was making earlier, so she can out drink 
the Hulk too? Is that the implication here as well? Right? Yeah. Of all, all things, she's also out drinking this guy that's you know, 10 times her size. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, a little I, bit of a I, tidbit my, there. My only counter to that will be in the mm. comics, she's apparently a party animal. Ah, okay, so that makes in sense. the comics, she's apparently out drinking all the time and she like parties like crazy. So oh, we, we that see her in episode two and, and like drinking a couple times at the bar already. So I, I think that we may see her getting drunk a lot. And I, I'm there's an important thing that happens in episode two that I think may happen again later down mm. the line with her drinking. Because we're going to see really quickly as I mean, we can shift like right on over because we're going to shift on over yeah. to episode two. But we mm. can see that she is able to drink a lot as the Hulk but when she right. goes back to Jen it's like that alcohol all hits her all and so yeah. that could be really dangerous for her to be in the situation where she's drinking a whole ton and then she comes right back and yeah. she could be you know put in really awkward situations where she has no idea what's going on <laughs> anymore she's yeah. just completely intoxicated so uh yeah, I mean, we got a quick look at Holden Holloway in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, he works for GKLH, which is the law firm that deals with superhuman affairs. He is mm-hmm. a shady dude in the comics. Yeah. We also saw Titania, who is a villain influencer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, episode one, we got through a lot of it. And what's kind of fun to think about just that last uh, mid credit scene, we yeah. have Deadpool coming soon. Like there's going yeah. to be a Deadpool coming, so they're going to have movies and content that is more adult moving forward. Right. You know, we're going yeah. to hear more cussing and more like that in Deadpool. So maybe they start to just kind of get you ready for it with little tidbits mm-hmm. here and there throughout this series, um, and just kind of letting everybody know, hey, look, we're going to get a little bit older, and we're going to right. widen this range a little bit. Let's move. Yeah, we might get some more like Marvel Knights kind of stuff, like a little bit more of the adult mm-hmm. end of the spectrum. And maybe Deadpool will be a little bit of the canary in the coal mine, testing those waters, uh, seeing how audiences react to that and kind of laying the groundwork for how uh, the writers uh, and the creators are going to navigate, you know, the spectrum of, you know, adult versus uh, children's content. There's some overlap, like I mentioned here. This is a show that I think is being pushed at uh, adults because it's a lawyer show uh, and there's a lot of adult MCU fans just in general. But just like I think every MCU property so far have also been pushing uh, for, for kids. They're at yep. least acceptable for, you know, 12 year olds, uh, maybe a little younger than that. Uh, and that, that's a huge core element of the audience. Uh, Deadpool is a, a full on adult. Absolutely. Uh, it's not appropriate for kids. No, not uh, at and all. So, yeah, are they going to keep it as as harsh as they have in the past, uh, or are they going to kind of split the difference and do something that's more of like, a, a, it's R, but it's kind of like a hard PG thirteen R. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if they're going to go quite as far as they went in the first two Deadpool's um, with some really really raunchy stuff uh, that I did not see coming at the time, but they 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 did it and that they had a lot of success. So they've claimed they're, they're going to keep that going, but who knows? And then. Who knows what other characters are going to kind of also fall into that universe. Um, we've already gotten the, the Netflix heroes, which definitely skewed more adult. If yeah, not I was going to say, far. Daredevil, you know, is, yeah. there's a lot of violence and blood in Punisher. Punisher, too, kind of demands it. 
so I think maybe they they use that to kind of corral those those heroes in a certain corner of the world, and they they could interact with the other heroes and and the big team up movies and stuff like that, in which they'll probably be dialed down a little bit. They'll still be rough around the edges, but what in their own f bombs? Yeah, their yeah, own but in their own stuff, they can yeah. they can heighten it a little bit. I, I like that they can idea. go big. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably how they'll manage it. I don't know how much much options they have besides that. The, the, the other option is basically just astroturfing them off, which uh, I could totally see them doing. I, I mean, know, it's, me too. And that would be not fun. That <laughs> would be not fun. Yeah. Um, but it is fun for us to bounce on into episode two of She-Hulk. <laughs> yes, indeed. As uh, this was called, what, Superhuman Low, I think. Yeah, or Superhuman Law. There we go. Superhuman Law. I uh, can't even read my own writing in my own notes. <laughs> um, so we get the previously on, and we saw what happened in episode one. And then we actually pick up episode two with reports from different news outlets. The first one is KPVK 15 Action News LA. And what's funny about this is this is actually ABC 7 LA. Um, mm. th- some of the anchors that work there were, were nice. in this broadcast. They just had different call letters for their news. So this is actually something that happens quite a bit. Like a lot of people that I work with um, like, and I've worked with, they – Take auditions for actual newscasters And reporters for these types of parts yeah. They actually take people that work Like so if you work at ESPN or TVG You know like places that yeah. And if you're a reporter you can audition For reporting roles in movies and TV shows I actually right. used to do it Which is kind of cool because all You think about it you All they do is tell you what to do You have the voice, you have the tone, you have the mannerisms And everything already yeah. And that's something that you can do all the time, like Ken Rudolph is someone who's done this in in you know mm-hmm. on on different uh, shows where he's been like the newscaster. So I thought that was kind of funny, just seeing some of these people from ABC Seven LA, where I'm like, oh hey, I know them, like I know this person, awesome. like that that's a real person. Um, the aftermath of this chaos, a new superhero appears, responsible for stopping the rampage. Sketches show a stunning scene from a metropolitan courthouse today, and you're right, this is what we see as the credits, the the sketches. That they pop up here, right, the courtroom right. sketches. So you were spot on here. Um, superpowered influencer Titania caused panic while fleeing traffic court. In the aftermath of the chaos, a new superhero appears, responsible for stopping the rampage. She's been identified as Deputy District Attorney Jennifer Walters. Members of the jury are calling the Green Woman. Jeez, the Green Woman. What is this, right? I was gonna say, talk about racist there. Uh, who's <laughs> a hero who saved lives. We now go to an eyewitness. This made me laugh so hard. This dude. Oh my god. Yeah. It was it's so stupid and simple, but just kind of on the opposite of what we were talking about in episode one, how it's very like female empowered and centric. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you have a news reporter asking this random bystander, can you tell us about what you saw today? This guy goes, Yeah, right. yeah. So this chick, pretty decent. She and he looks like he looks off to the side. That was the best part. This chick, pretty decent. She she turned into a Hulk, like a chick Hulk. And the reporter goes, a she Hulk. And the guy looks and goes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this was fun. This was funny. It's stupid. But, yeah. and, but it was, it's so heavy handed where he's calling her a chick that right. it's it's funny because the. Like the episode one tone, and they're they're leaning mm-hmm. so much into the women empowerment that I, I did I did appreciate that as sort of like a yeah. 
you know, it's it's just funny. <laughs> this guy is great. I want this guy to pop up in all in a bunch of stuff where people just right. ask him questions. You know, he's just like the bystander on the street. Oh my, did you see that? You know, just like <laughs> like random reactions to things. I uh yeah. I, I chuckled at this. Um, but at the at the moment, mm-hmm. everybody loves Jen. She mm-hmm. she goes to a bar which is called the legal ease <laughs> and uh the crowd is all chanting for her she hulk she hulk she hulk and she's standing outside the bar and nikki says they're chanting for you and jen's like no no that's for someone called she hulk they can't be calling me that lady hulk yeah. girl hulk she hulk come on just give them what they want so our uh, our recent um new heroes aren't really fans of some of their names right <laughs> <laughs> Nightlight um, yeah. with Miss Marvel. She wasn't really a big fan there. So uh, She Hulk is born. And uh, Nikki, her best friend Nikki is like her cheerleader and like her biggest fan. And she's like, come on, do the Hulk. Like Nikki is enjoying the perks of being the best friend of the She Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Um, more than Jen is enjoying being the She Hulk. <laughs> it's uh, so Jen hulks up. And walks in, big cheers from all in the bar They're drinking and buying her drinks She says, this name better not stick It's so dumb, I can't even exist without being a derivative of the Hulk And Nikki says, that's a pretty dumb name too Um, Mm -hmm. So they get in the bar This is this, you know, law, uh, lawyer bar Where a lot of the the local lawyers come and hang out And Dennis is in there And he's all pissed Says, neat trick you pulled there isn't it unsportsmanlike to suddenly debut superpowers just to drum up publicity for yourself? Um, he says, yeah, only you would think that. He asks, how did you get powers? And she says she doesn't want to talk about it. He says, oh, nepotism. I knew it. So <laughs> Nikki tells him to take a lap. And he says, there's a hot chick over there. I'm going to go talk to it. <laughs> yeah. Make like, me oh. chuckle. But, yeah, but it's so bad Like who cretin. says this Who yeah, says that like, right Like this is like the evil guy That you created in a lab I mean just like people right. don't say these things at a, Out at the bar Yeah, you know? they, they It was created at a keyboard let's be honest I yes. mean this is, this is just a writer trying to be like Yeah men suck look how much men suck And then this, God, was, an a, audience this was a female like, Who wrote this line I think I feel like I'm this sure. was a female who wrote this line I do I'm sure, And I, it, could, it could be done in ways that feel more natural and and authentic but they're just going for a, a very cheap broad uh example right here um i, I you know it still I'm, I'm makes not, me laugh but not in yeah. like not in the way it's supposed to you know yeah, like, it's a sitcom i kind of got to remind myself that it does play like a sitcom if i think of this as like if this was two and a half men or something like that modern that, family that kind of you know, yeah yeah more yeah of like probably that. would uh, yeah. But I'm not. I've never been a big fan of those uh, shows, really. Um, I, yeah, this this to me, it just feels like they're they're going for the joke a little bit too hard, and they're also going for a point a little bit too hard. And that uh, the thing that they're sacrificing is a sense of that there's a real character here. Uh, and there's generally people will even if they have these biases or treat people poorly. Well, on that at least surface level, put up a veneer of of niceties, phoniness, uh, of, phoniness. Of, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there'll there'll be some something backhanded or something in their actions that will reveal themselves. So, Whereas, and this this guy has set no like zero sense of self preservation, even of like this person couldn't 
as they're depicting him really exist in the, in the real world because they would be out ousted. They would be like everyone would look at him as a jerk and a, and a, a joke. And they, in, they would he wouldn't be a lawyer anymore or in unless they were a politician on a particular side. Then then they'd right, be right. fine. Then they'd be fine. Yeah. But but most people in real life, you can't act this way. You can't do this. Yeah, day to you're day. right. Like, <laughs> you can't. But but like it's just like you're looking at it like when's when have I had a person at the bar? Nobody is just innately this bad all the time. Or right. Or like right. everything is so evil and snide. It's like, yeah, you have moments at least of like, oh, this is a regular day of work where we're going to be okay. But he's calling females it right off the bat. He says, hot chick and and it right in the- It's a bridge too far. It's a little bit just, it's cringe to the point of like, a person would have to be, um, you know, they would have to have, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but like they they wouldn't be all there. You know what yes. I mean? Like uh, mentally to, to, no, you're to right. do that and expect for people to actually like them. You know, I know. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. That it just it just doesn't ring true as a human being uh, on screen. And so that undermines the reality of the show and the writing. And it draws attention to the idea of like there is a writer here who's trying to make us think something. And then, you know, as, as an audience, we're immediately going to kind of oppose that. Like we don't want to be we, we would rather come to realizations on our own and feel like something's being forced down our throats. So Nikki, she just, uh, de- um, Nikki walks over with some free drinks that someone gave them because she's friends with the, the She-Hulk. And Jen just doesn't like this. I didn't go to law school and rack up six figures in student loans to become a vigilante. That's for billionaires, narcissists, and adult orphans for, for some reason. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Which is just great. You like you start thinking about it. You're like, I guess they are all billionaires, uh, narcissists, and adult orphans. Okay. Um, but Nikki says you could be an Avenger, and Jen asks, do the Avengers offer health care, maternity leave, a pension? Are they even paid? <laughs> Nikki just keeps trying to like push her into it. But Hulk Jen is a total snack. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Jen's boss walks in, asks to talk to her. Uh, but Jen's boss is intimidated by Jen in Hulk form. So the boss actually asks Jen to like get out of Hulk form. Yeah. And as she goes from Hulk to Jen, all the alcohol that she's been consuming just hits her all at once. And she is blasted. Totally different metabolisms here. She's like sloshed all over the place. This is what I was talking about in that if she is in a place yeah. where she's drinking as the Hulk at one point and she has to transform back. She could be in a situation where it's dangerous for her. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to explore down the line. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, a potential kryptonite for her. It's a little bit of a convoluted uh, kryptonite, but you'll have to really set her up in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a weakness nonetheless that, that they could explore and exploit down the line. Now she gets fired. They didn't win the case. They The case was declared a mistrial because... She actually saved the jury and the jury was going to be biased in her favor. So the opposing counsel got the, the case thrown out and so, and they fire her. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, wait, what? Like, lawyers, can, can't they get sued for this? I mean, I feel like this is this is definitely a, a wrongful termination. I know. Case, like that they're like, just asking for here. You're but. firing me. Uh, this, you know, she's a liability for the DA's office and. We get the She-Hulk attorney for hire. 
title <laughs> card that comes up as we see a uh, first we just check her laying in her bed on a you know sad that she was fired and Bruce has called her a few times leaving messages he says no more gloating this time I promise because this is what he told her was going to happen he said like you're not going right. to be able to live your normal life you're not going to be able to do the things you normally do it doesn't work that way and so now she's ah crap Bruce was right and we actually see a montage of her being turned down by all these different jobs in all these different interviews so mm. it's uh it's not going well for Jen as she's back at her apartment with Nikki and she's looking online for jobs and we got like a big big WTF moment here as she's looking on the internet like out of nowhere on the website um the website's called 10 offbeat jobs for a fresh start mm-hmm. and when she's looking at this article on the side of the screen yes. where there's like you know anytime you're reading an article There'll be other links to click on other articles right next to Mm -hmm. it. There's an article with a title that says, Man Fights with (laughs) Metal Claws in Bar Brawl. Wolverine! We got Logan. Logan in the MCU. Here we go. Oh, snap! We got Wolverine in here. So, um, I mean, this was one of those things where if... You most people probably missed this the first time and and probably mm-hmm. had to be like alerted to it by someone or something. And then you pick it up when you're watching it back. But yeah, wow, these are the really cool tidbits that I like that are like a lot of fun. And then actually, even right below that, it said, mm-hmm. Why is there a giant statue sticking out of the ocean? Which is a reference yeah. to uh Tiamat from Eternals, Eternals. which is yeah. the first Finally, time they, they addressed it. That's yeah. been referenced. So these were two <laughs> kind of like Oh, really cool sort of moments. Um, just yeah. looking at this website, I thought this was this was a lot of fun. Yeah, another fun uh, detail, little Easter egg that you just you know uh, alerted me to is saying um, uh, attorney for hire. That's a, obviously a, a play on the heroes for hire uh, yeah. comic title. Yes, uh, from I'm now blanking on the names of the guys in that, but uh, help me out. Oh, <laughs> oh, Iron uh, Fist and yeah. Luke Cage. Yes, yes, I got that. Yes. Um, so I thought that was a little bit uh, interesting. Heroes for Hire, Attorney for Hire. Uh, I, I'm hoping that show comes back. Uh, you know what? I a lot. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I hope that they absorb the Iron Fist series and that they they let uh, them get a second crack at, at I agree. that. That the actors who played that. I, I feel like that uh, there were some strong elements there. The casting of the lead, I, I was never 100% sold on, but for some reason, I'm just rooting for that guy. I want, I want redemption there, and I want them to kind of bring it all, all together and make all those Netflix it's series not, canon. It's not the act, like, and in, in, in situations like this, when actors are, are like, whitewashed roles, I feel bad mm-hmm. for the actors, too. It's not their mm-hmm. fault. They're playing a role. Right. Like, what, what are you going to do, turn down this incredible role that you're given? No, and that's but, not technically a white rush role yeah, either. Yeah. In that the character was, um, you know, a, a white person in the mm-hmm. comics. Yeah, um, you could argue that the comics whitewashed, you know, or appropriated uh, Eastern cultures. Uh, absolutely. For, for it, and that there that could be an issue for some things. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, ultimately, I, I I think it's fair game. You know, that's just my opinion. Like w- what they did, I don't think they they crossed any lines. No, I agree, and I and I'd love to see that back, also. Um, so uh, another little small thing, Jen gets a text on her phone from her mom, uh, telling him about dinner later and her screensaver is Captain America's ass. 
Oh yes, I noticed that <laughs> on the phone. So um, one Jen more, has- one more little uh, Easter egg was the Iron Man shoes that are oh, in there. Um, yes. There's an advertisement for Iron Man shoes. I think they're Nikes they're like, in this. They're Nikes. They're like a limited edition. Yeah, like the yeah. Iron Man threes or something. Awesome. So just cool little tidbits on the website. Um, Jen gets the text from mom though. She has to go to family dinner. She begs Nikki to come with her, but Nikki can't because she has a date. So Jen arrives to family dinner, and it's dad from Perfect Strangers. I was like, Sometimes the world looks perfect. I I was like, Nothing can be arranged. (laughs) So good. Oh man, I love. I loved seeing him here. Me too. Um, I I looked him hard. Yeah. Seriously, I I looked him up on IMDb because I was wondering where has he been. He's been working a lot. I just haven't noticed. That's on me. Uh, but he was always great on that show uh, at like kind of next level, like the stuff that he was doing there, mm-hmm. uh, really nuanced, like physical comedy, like his reaction, like he's such a good actor, that guy underrated uh, because he was on like a you know silly network uh, show. But if you go back and watch it, there's some great stuff that he was doing on that. And he's just a super talented guy. Yeah, he was been in some a couple things like serious roles the last few years. I think he was was he on Billions? The leftovers. Or, the Leftovers, yeah. And yeah. there and there have been a couple where he pops up and man, he's so like some of the recent casting that they've done for family and like the mm-hmm. the supporting characters, so he good. is a fantastic father character. He's great. Mm-hmm. And it he reminds me sort of like of of a Yusuf that that we yeah. just saw in Miss Marvel or like a Bruno kind of character. Like he is he's so goofy and awkward, but he feels like mm-hmm. a real dad. You like like <laughs> Thank God, too, because uh, if he was just this bumbling, like, you know, TV dad, like uh, that would that would suck because all the portrayals of men so far have been pretty shitty on this show. I know. Uh, no, you're right. They, you're right. He's, he's a real he's sweet, a dude. in yeah. tune kind of a guy on this show, the character. Uh, I, I think the actor does a great job, but they also wrote him uh, really well. And we should give the actors uh, a shout out here. Mark Lynn Baker is his name. Um, so cool. Phenomenal. Going back to Perfect Strangers. Love the guy. Mark Lynn Baker says, uh, Jen, don't worry uh, about getting fired. I've already told everyone, so it won't be awkward. Nobody's going to bring it up. And then as soon as they walk in the room, cousin Ched says, you got fired. And um, Ched was actually referenced in episode one by by Bruce and um, and Jen. Yes. And they the made it in the family. Yeah, they made a joke like he was the genius. And then we see Chad and he, it's it was a joke. We didn't realize we didn't <laughs> yeah. know if Chad was actually a genius or not. But we, we yeah. see him and he's he's uh, talking about how he's the manager at Best Buy. And he's just goofy, goofy yeah. as can be. <laughs> um, so the the family is I actually thought the family was pretty funny, too. It, it sort of mm-hmm. reminded me of what a family might be when they find out a person was a superhero. Like, yeah. like she sits down and they're all asking the questions, you know, um, yeah. hey, Jen, there's this boy that I go, uh, I saw at the coffee shop, you know, he wants to be a superhero. I told him my daughter was, so I gave him your number right. you know, like right. that just, and, uh, and then the uncle uh, or for her dad starts asking about Hawkeye, Jen, you know, that yeah. Hawkeye guy is arrows. I does, yeah. does he go around and collect them when he's done? Because that could be pretty dangerous. <laughs> and, and we actually, Heard Hawkeye say yeah. that he has to do that, you know, that, just a couple a months nice, ago. Um, that was a nice detail. And I, I love that, that. I'm sure what this was was like the writer uh, of this scene is somebody who's like, 
their family thinks they work in Hollywood. And so whenever mm -hmm. they're at the dinner table, they're getting asked questions about like what Tom Cruise is like in real life and all, like, all these things about like that they have really no connection to, but I, like, I'm I've a totally PA been there. on like right. episode four of this like sci-fi show. Please yeah. stop. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it made me smirk quite a bit. Um, yeah. That rang it, true. Even the uncle says, Hey, um, I'm just going to put this out there. Melanie is a stylist, you know, she could really help you like get this hair more like she Hulk. And, um, <laughs> then the dad's okay. So let's back to Hawkeye. It's so hazardous with those things laying around right. out there. The aunt, some, some highlights, you know, some low lights in your hair. And uh, then the mom comes in like, uh, Bruce saved billions of people with the snap of his finger, and they're all just like, uh, it, it's it's kind of a funny uh moment where Jen uh Jen's dad grabs her. His name is Morris, and he says, "Hey, Jen, can we talk in the other room?" And so he he brings her in the other room, and he says, "I just wanted to check in with you, kiddo. How you doing?" So I I like this. Like this was a yeah. real like dad moment, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't. He he was a little goofy at the beginning, but that's fine. He can be goofy, but also grounded. Fine with yeah. that, right? Dads are goofy, but then they they're serious and they have the heart to heart here. Um, mm -hmm. and I thought it was interesting where she says it sucks. You know, like I thought I could keep this at bay for I don't know how long, eternity. Which mm -hmm. we just saw eternity in Thor, Love and Thunder. Right. So I thought it was like I mean that movie just came out. It's just funny with with some of the wording um here. And yeah, is it a coincidence or yeah, or was that intentional? So she said, I hate it got revealed in front of the whole world, but I wasn't going to let people hurt. What kind of person would that make me? I'm just now I'm being punished for doing the right thing. I get fired for saving people and I can't get another job because of it. Your dad says, you didn't tell me. And he just tries to to console her as she's sort of freaking out. What were those years of law school even for? Maybe I should have just let those people get smushed. And he says, hey, look, this isn't even the first time we've had to deal with the Hulk in the family. And <laughs> you didn't even destroy a city, which was a good one because it made yeah. it was it was perfect because it, it wasn't supposed to be a laugh out loud line. But it's yeah. something that we all know that and mm -hmm. that like brings the anxiety just down for a minute for her. Yeah, like, just gets her to relax for a minute. You know, I, I thought like I'm. As a coach, I've done things like this to kids when they were like crying or freaking out. You know, like you you'll you'll say like a funny line that's not really funny, but it's corny, just to sort of mm -hmm. get their energy back down. And so now she was she was okay. Dad reassures her that um, look, the thing that you were dreading it happened, but look, you're still standing, and now you got to keep moving. Because she, she said it it feels like a weight has been lifted, but now there's this new weight put on me. So uh, poor Jen is drinking alone at the bar. <laughs> the bartender asks if she wants another one, and she says, "No, I'm balling on a budget now. Thanks, Pedro." <laughs> and and uh, then Mr. Holloway walks in. This was the opposing counsel from episode one, the counsel that actually got her court case thrown out, and the reason why she's fired. Now he asks if he can buy her a drink, and she says, "Sure." He asks if he can offer her a job. She says, is, is this a joke? He says, I never joke. Miss Walters, you laid out a, a winning case against us. I had it declared a mistrial. Uh, it's not easy. It's no easy feat against GLK and H. So I would like you to come work for us. 
She says, you got me fired and now you want to hire me? Yeah, to be the head of a new division. Take some time. Think about it. I accept. (laughs) She immediately, I accept right away. I mean, she can't even uh, think because she's sad, lonely. She has nothing going on. She wants to put her training to use. But it's funny because she she realizes she sounds so desperate. So then she kind of. She, she, she thinks that she has to make a demand But I'm only going to do it if I can hire my own paralegal Non-negotiable yeah. it's like, I, I don't care who your paralegal is Yes <laughs> I, love, I love the way he reacted to that He, he, was, he yeah. was just like I don't care He like, kind of looked, looked around like are you punking me almost? Yeah. Like why would I care about that like, Okay <laughs> So uh, she starts on Monday But you know it's not Monday yet So she says, Pedro, Jen Walters is back, baby. Couple more drinks for sure. And now that she's got a bankroll again, now she's not balling on a budget anymore. So uh, we flash to Monday morning. She arrives at work. She walks in the door and Mr. Holloway is there to greet her. We're happy to have you join the team. Now, they, when she walks in, he tells her uh, more and more eccentric superhumans are coming out of the woodwork. We just started a superhuman law division, and I want you, the She-Hulk, to be the face of it. So that means I expect you to be at work and in court as the She-Hulk, not a normal person. Hmm. He's And there's the catch. Yeah, right? So it's like, oh, okay. Um, you know, it's it, the female trope is normally they hired me for my looks. Well, this is mm-hmm. that, but in a weird yeah. clipped way. Right, like they did hire her for her looks, but not because of her good looks as a woman, because they want her to be the She Hulk, and she doesn't want to be the She Hulk. She wants to be Jennifer Walters' attorney. We've heard her say multiple times she doesn't want to be a superhero, but she is a good person, and it's funny because as a lawyer, she feels this civic duty, right? So it, she feels this like ah, okay, what was I going to do? Let the people die? No, I had to step up and help them. So she's she's caught in this conflict, but she you can even tell she just doesn't want to be the She-Hulk all the time. And now she feels like, ah, this is the only reason why they asked me to come here. Yeah, it's such a clever catch 22. uh, And I'll commend the writers for this one, uh, because yeah, all she wants is to be an attorney. That's that's what this character really wants at the end of the day. She doesn't want to be a Hulk, but now she's in a situation where she has to be the Hulk in order to be the attorney. So it, we're, we're forcing her <laughs> yes. into this situation, uh, this this you know c- conflicted uh, dynamic. And you know whether she likes it or, or or not, whether she refuses the call or not, she's still going to have to answer it. Uh, and I think that that's going to create some interesting thing. It's going to stir up some things inside her. It's going to challenge her in ways that she didn't realize. And ultimately, I think her story is going to be about, you know, accepting who she is and integrating the Hulk into her personality because that's just part of her her life right now. So she's going to have to do that in a way that's a little bit different from from uh, Bruce's story and his journey. Uh, but that integration is still going to have to happen in, in some way. Uh, she's going to have to find that balance. And that's a, a theme that's you know permeated through. Quite a, quite a few of these uh, projects. Uh, most recently, Moon Knight. You know, fi- I think ultimately the character is going to be about finding the balance between the aspects of her personality. So as she walks through the office, everyone's staring at her, like they're kind of scared and startled, and you know, turning heads. But but she moves into her own office, and uh, Nikki's in there, 
and she's pretty pumped. Now, right before this happens, th- the boss says something to her, and she's not paying attention because she's talking to us in the fourth yes. wall, breaking the fourth wall again. And she That's just good. has to respond to the boss and say, "Yeah, I'm agnostic." And, yeah. <laughs> and, and he clever, goes, clever answer, by the way, because it's it's yeah, it makes her sound smart, uh, yeah. but she d- didn't weigh in on anything. But like. Man, depending on how controversial it was, like maybe she was supposed to have an opinion on that. It really seemed like it by his by his reaction, it was like, oh, I was really expecting you to have an opinion one way or the other. And that's very strange that you didn't. He kind of judges her, but also thinks it's like a little bit of Mm. a little something special going on here. He does. What was it? The look (laughs) on his face was funny. He does have this hmm, like yeah, (laughs) and um, um, she's like, oh, I'm gonna wonder now forever. What I just me said, too. like yeah, we we all are. Um, I wish that was uh, a post credit. That's one thing yeah. that I'm missing. That would have been know, a great right. uh, post credit, mid credits uh, scene. Uh, yeah. We got one this episode, this, this but I think that would have like been her, nicer. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, like, this one was she was moving some stuff around for her family, like just using. It felt like a screen. deleted scene that they yeah, put in the back. Yeah, it wasn't really yeah. much of uh, much of anything. It was just kind of yeah. silly. But but Nikki is pumped. They have an awesome office. And she's excited for her friend. And then uh, we have Pug, one of the co-workers, come in. Pug is uh, also in the superhuman law division. He has a welcome basket. And he also has a map to the best bathroom for pooping. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so as she gets settled in, she heads on over to Mr. Holloway's office for a meeting. And she's excited. Whatever case you want me to take on, I will. He tells her that her first case is the parole of Emil Blonsky abomination. Oh, anyone but that one? Uh, yeah. He says, um, I, um, there's a serious conflict of interest. This yeah. man tried to kill my cousin Bruce. And um, he says, hey, look, this is really high profile. Um, we could do this pro bono for the publicity alone. And he wants to retain you specifically. He's aware of your familial uh, connection. He signed a conflict waiver, and he wants you. She says, I'm not really comfortable taking this any other case. And he Holloway says, if you don't take the case, then you don't have the job. So at the very least, you should meet with your client. I agree with that, right? If if you don't want to take a case, that's fine. But always meet with the person. Maybe maybe there's something that you'll find out when you meet with them that that you didn't know before. So pressure – Pressure is on for Jen. She's not here. Like, there's some motivation with why she's here, right? I mean, Holloway seems like he's a bad dude. He hasn't come off Mm -hmm. like it yet. He hasn't really done anything overtly bad, but you just get the vibe that he's a bad dude and he has some ulterior motivations. I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, because in the comics he he is a a a crappy guy, and this was right Mm -hmm. before they go to the DODC prison, so. What were your sort of uh, thoughts on Holloway? Well, I, I do get the vibe early on that, well, he's a hard ass, and that's clear. Uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of empathy, sympathy. He's pretty cutthroat in his business. But is it 100% clear whether he's just one of these, you know, kind of sociopaths, really hyper successful business guys, or is he a villain, you know, in the Marvel, uh, you know, comic book kind of sense? Um and I, I suspect, you know, from the comic books that he he's the latter. He's a, he's a villain and there's more to what's going on here than we even realize at this point. Um, I saw a new rock star. Shout out to them as usual. 
they suggested that, you know, maybe the whole courtroom interference with Titania was all a big ploy to get uh, Jennifer Walters fired and then mm-hmm. bring her onto the team for, you know, some kind of greater purpose, which probably involves Blonsky, uh, which means if that's true, he would have to have already known that she was uh, She-Hulk, which means she's, you know, tapped into some clandestine spy stuff going on. Immediately, I'm thinking of, you know, Thunderbolt Ross. Immediately, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of blanking on her name, but uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus's character as well, maybe pulling the strings here, working in cahoots with this law firm uh, to do some some nefarious things. But what exactly? Very unclear at this point. Um, but yeah, he's definitely giving off strong villain vibes. I could see them subverting that and just going, you know, yeah, he's kind of a dick, but, you know, maybe he's got good intentions at the end of the day. We've seen stuff like that happen in, in shows. He, and even recently, like Miss Marvel, the um, the cops, <laughs> you know, like the yeah. one of the cops ends up being the good sort of a good guy. Right. at the end. You know, like exactly. He, he's kind of the hard ass in Spider-Man and he's a hard ass in, in Miss Marvel, but he's a hard ass who still has moral like a moral compass. You know, exactly. Um, and that that's that's more real. Uh, yes. You know, when, in our experiences, how, how you know, I've never met someone that I thought was like a bad guy. That's just been my, my experience. I've met people I've had disagreements with, with that I thought I've met people that I thought were better than others, you know, for whatever reason. Um, I met people that I didn't really like, but I've never really met somebody and I go, that guy's bad. And he just wants to hurt other people or they want to do, do bad in general. And that's all that they are. I, I, I personally have never met that person. I know those people exist and they're out there and they're outliers. And maybe I've met a person that I just didn't read them the right way. But my experience tells me that people are more complicated than that. People are generally trying to do good for themselves or for the people around them uh, and that they don't see themselves as bad. So, you know, I like it when when stories kind of reflect that it feels more real. So Jen arrives at the DODC prison cube. There's an officer out front that won't let her in because she's as the Hulk. So she has to get back into regular form. Now, this is the same prison that we just saw in Miss Marvel, where they uh, they put the clandestines um, at this right. prison. As she walks in and she's getting taken around by – oh, hi, Milo. Milo's not happy to be uh, – Taken into the prison right now um, oh. <laughs> So so um, Is she's getting to, Like taken on a tour By the uh, by the officer <laughs> Jen's like got her Her funny silly tone you know Where oh, yeah. she's always like making Quips and jokes about things and uh, the, the guard is like okay Never let your guard down the prisoner's a very dangerous Man she says is he gonna yeah. serve Me up with some fava beans And a nice chain <laughs> Like she does that the Hannibal Lecter, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the officer just stops her, and he's like, "Ma'am, this is a prison." Yeah, and she's I, having none of it. I love, and she was like, "Oh, uh, okay." Like, that yeah. that like just interaction was so funny to me too, where he was just like, yeah. "I'm not here for your shit," you know. And she yeah. was just like, oh, "Of course, of course." Um, <laughs> so she walks in to meet with Emil, and they do have like a, they set it up so you feel kind of like Silence of the Lambs right when she walks yeah. in. You know, like Absolutely. it look, it, it looks and feels just like it. Even like what she's wearing, like her clothing and stuff, kind of looks like reminds you of what Jodie Foster was wearing when she walks into the room, and she meets with Emil Blonsky in this max cell. She actually walks too close to the cell, and this alarm yeah. goes off, and um, she says, "Oh, you're Emil," and 
he she she's like disappointed that he wasn't in the abomination version right there. Um, but he says, no, you won't be seeing much of him. I've completely transformed myself physically and spiritually. Um, I choose not to turn into the abomination anymore. I'm simply a meal, Russian born, British raised, Royal Marines commando on loan to the U.S. government. And now he goes through his story and he tells her why he wants to try to get parole and what has happened. Um, There are seven soulmates that he met through the prison pen pal program that he wants to start (laughs) a new life with. Yeah, that was a nice detail. Uh, So he says, let's talk about the elephant in the room, shall we? Bruce, he was the Hulk. I tried to kill him. So let's get that out of the way. It wasn't personal or anything. I was under direct orders from your government. But she stops him. Then you went on a destructive rampage in Harlan that wasn't sanctioned by the government. He tells her, though, because they pumped me full of that super soldier serum. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know this. So the serum the government gave you caused your subsequent actions? I love this next little bit. He says, I was a highly decorated soldier. I was sent on a mission to take out a threat. I thought I was the good guy. I thought I was going to be, you know, Captain Bloody America or something. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and exactly. Now that to my point that I was just making before. Yeah. Your cousin is held up as some kind of hero, and I'm locked yeah. up in here. Where's the justice in that? Mm-hmm. I love yeah. this. I, I love it this. too. This is he, he makes great points. He makes absolutely like, sound points. Um, it, he, she should be able to get him off for this. It immediately reframes it in a way that feels hyper logical. It's supported by the facts of the case. And uh, yeah, as an audience member, you go, oh, yeah, I, I think this is appropriate to kind of reexamine this and, and look at it from a different angle. I think character wise, story wise, they are giving us a little bit of a um, foreshadowing that there is still some something in this man that makes him more villain than hero. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I think that that's part of his nature. But he deserves to have the benefit of the doubt. And circumstantially, like, yeah, you, if you just lay out those facts of the case, you know, he's really not at fault for this. This is definitely a U.S. Uh, government military operation that's gone way awry. And yeah, he was hopped up on all kinds of drugs and experimental chemicals. And they were trying to fight fire with fire against something that was very unknown, very powerful, and essentially a mirror image of, you know, what they were doing. Somehow Hulk is this this hero renowned, and he's stuck in a, and uh, you know Blonsky's stuck in a prison all this time. It's it's actually not right. And so Jennifer is correct here to kind of have a shift of of perspective and yeah. be motivated now to actually you know take this case, especially because he comes off very genuine here. Right, like right. he sounds completely genuine, and like you said, everything he says makes sense. We've seen it play out, so we know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. She she says the parole board's going to need to know you feel remorse to even consider. He says, absolutely, I do. I've written various haikus yeah. to each of my victims ex- expressing the sorrow. If you'd like to experience them. And Jen's is like, no, nah, you don't need to read me. You don't need to read me these haikus. My tiny ears here. So she just stops him. Look, if I were your attorney, I would advise you to speak truthfully from the heart instead of trying to gauge what you think they may want to hear. Yeah. And He tells her, look, I just want to move on with my life. I want to live in peace on a large piece of property purchased for me by my seven soulmates. Think you can help? She says, yeah, I'll think about it. So she gets a phone call from Holden, uh, uh, Holloway, 
And she Before she calls him back To confirm that she'll take the case She wants to ask Bruce first So she calls Bruce in his phone She's listed as Fuzzball Which is kind of funny That was a joke they made on set That they wrote into the show Because um, Mark Ruffalo would call her Fuzzball Because of her hair um, on set and so that ended up becoming a joke that they put in there for her for him to call her fuzzball, which is just great. It's like a little thing that's like yeah. you, would, you would do with a cousin or a brother or sister, yeah. you know, like a family member. And she calls Bruce and he's actually on the Sicarian ship when she calls him. She hmm. lets him know that she got a new job, but she has to take on Emil Blonsky as a client. She wanted to talk to him first. And I love the way she's she said, OK, Bruce. So. I want to talk to you first and he says Okay but she doesn't let him talk Like he keeps getting one yeah. line out She wants to get her whole yeah. thing out and plead Her case first before yeah. she Even lets him respond so Every time he's about to respond she just Keeps going and now it doesn't seem like you hold a Grudge I've never heard you about holding one Before and you're always saying everyone Deserves a second chance and you Know he mm-hmm. was so compelling I want To believe that he's reformed isn't Rehabilitation something that we should strive for As a society but Bruce none of that Matters if you're not comfortable with it right I mean it, and yeah. He says You're calling to tell me you're taking the job and <laughs> he, he says That's great Blonsky actually wrote me A really nice letter a while back and a really Heartfelt haiku <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I chuckled that loud at that one too. He said, "So we put everything behind us, and then this next line was great. That fight was so many years ago. I'm a completely different person now." Yeah. Yep. That's he's not great. Edward Norton. Um, yeah. Mark Ruffalo, a completely different person because when the Hulk yeah. fought with Blonsky, it was the Edward Norton, Edward Norton. Hulk, yeah. not the Mark Ruffalo Hulk. So I like when they lean into things and and. You know, meta jokes that we all know. That was a great meta joke. uh, And I I love when Marvel does this because uh, they do meta jokes that really work and don't take you out of it necessarily because they work 100% within the context of what you're watching without undermining it at all. But it also works on that second level of, of, you know, the behind the scenes knowledge that we as an audience have. Um, Sometimes... uh, movies tv shows will go for a meta joke where it's only the second thing and it undermines the reality of the scene and that's never a good thing but this was this was great like i thought it was really funny i loved tatiana maslani's reaction to it i thought that was pitch perfect it couldn't have been done better by anyone uh and it just reminded me also of uh, the way that they did this so well in iron man 2 when they introduced don Cheadle's roadie and he just says to tony he says it's Yes, it's me. Get over it. And it works perfectly within the context of the scene because it's a you know another lawyer uh, courtroom scene, coincidentally. Uh, but uh, it's uh, Rhodey showing up to be a witness against uh, Tony, essentially, mm-hmm. in that moment. So it works in that context of like, yes, it's me. I'm, I'm testifying against you. Get over it. But it also works to say, yes, it's me. It's not uh, I'm forgetting his name now again. The guy from Hustle and Flow. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, it's me, Don um... Cheadle. You love me, too. Uh, uh, Howard, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, yes, thank you. Who was great in oh, uh, Iron dude, Man One, great. by the way? Awesome, and I, yeah, I thought he was fantastic in that movie. It's kind of a like shame. Him, you wonder if someone yeah. like him now is like, ah, oh, like, I wonder if some of these people in the first few of these movies that maybe that didn't yeah. back realize like, oh man, this was Ooh. a cash cow that I could have paid off for him. For yeah, years. he's. he's I mean, yeah, he's gonna. I mean, Terrence Howard hasn't done a lot of big work in the last ten years or so. He's had you know, personal, uh, 
issues and controversies yeah. and things. He's kind of been soft canceled, I would say. From no, you're right. Said you're right. Uh, but I would uh, I, I would say that you know if, if he was in the in the mix doing these movies, maybe that would have have been different. You know, overshadowed yeah. things, and he things would have gone differently. And his his curating and all that, and the, the money that he could demand for a movie might be much higher now. So it's 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 a, it's a shame that we we didn't get to see that next time, baby. That, they, no. that he dropped in, in, in Iron Man 1. It never got to be paid off. We did get to see War Machine in the next one, which was great, but it was Don Cheadle, which was a little bit of a disappointment. However, it was Don Cheadle. So yeah. it was that it worked out. We love Don Cheadle. So like, awesome. it, was disappointing. Yeah. it was disappointing that it wasn't the same guy that we liked him the first time, but like if you're going to get somebody, replace it. A good hey, pinch Don, hitter. Don Cheadle, yeah, that's a pretty good one. A lot of people like him better. So Yeah, I'm not bad off the bench there. So exactly. Bruce asked, what did they end up naming you? She-Hulk. He says, yeah. I love that. It's got a nice ring to it. She-Hulk, attorney at law. Um, so Bruce said, you know, it all worked out for you. Just be careful, okay? She asks if he's coming to L.A. anytime soon. He says, not for a minute. I got some things to take care of. That's when the camera pans out to show him on the Sakarian ship. So, um, and I did see in the credits, I think he's listed in every episode. So even mm. if it's maybe just like this, where okay. he calls him on the phone or there's one scene or two to see him doing something. I think we will have him at least a little bit in each episode. I hope so. Yeah, and, that'll uh, be cool. So Jen calls Mr. Holloway and she yeah. tells him she's going to accept the offer. She's taking Blonsky's case. Uh, she said, absolutely. All personal complications have been resolved. I guarantee you, you're getting my best work. I've already got a winning strategy and it's 100% in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> so she's all like pumped about it. And Holloway yeah. says, "Good, awesome. Uh, you might want to take take a look at the news right now." Yeah. <laughs> so she turns on the news, and there's a reporter. So far, there have been no statements made by Emil Blonsky's attorney after shocking footage leaked showing the abomination participating in what appears to be an underground fight club after having yeah. like somehow escaped from prison. Yeah. And Jen looks to us, breaking the fourth wall again, and just goes, "Oh, that sucks." <laughs> yeah, another great delivery, by the way. Like, her, her delivery, delivery is awesome. She has really good. So good. Yeah, like, yeah. Some of the words that she's given and some of the dialogue is corny or this or that. That's she can't control that. But her timing mm -hmm. is fantastic. And, yeah, like, and she, really she makes it real. She just makes it real every time. It feels natural. I want to actually go back real quick to the please do first for the first uh, end credits or, or post credit sequence. Her performance there when she was playing drunk is one of the best playing drunks i've ever seen the like little hiccup agree. that she does it wasn't she's over so the nuanced top. in her performance yeah it wasn't like when people act drunk or high it always bothers me because i'm yeah. like come on that's not how a person acts when they smoke a little bit of weed like come on right. they're not right, like right. oh bro what's up man like it's just come on you know and when people are drunk and they're so over she was like emotion it was perfect you're right yeah she was like it kind was... of emotional but like goofy yeah. i like it just felt real. It felt like I was like that's how one of my friends would act when they've had a few drinks, like like she was. Um, exactly. Yeah, and she did. She heightened it just a little bit for for comedic purposes, and but I think she she makes the perfect choices in that regard of of keeping it grounded, but but making it funny uh, without you know betraying her character or the reality of the scene in any way. I I think she gets the tone of the show in a way that probably other character are there actors on the show. Uh, don't not even uh, Mark Ruffalo, yeah, uh, who I true. think is just oh, he's just uh, you're, you're he's very much that like 
old fashioned kind of like Brando type actor. Like he's going to yes. take it very seriously every time. And I think he can get some really funny stuff out of that because he's just so serious as an actor. Uh, and, 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 and uh, we'll, we'll play it just the humanity of it every single time. But she's doing something where she's kind of threading the line between that and the heightened reality of this world. I mean, the fact that she breaks the fourth wall kind of gives her um, the you know carte blanche to do so. And, yes. it, and it doesn't really break the reality of it in, in a weird way. She has special privileges almost on, the, on this show. Uh, and that's a, that's a testament to the way that they wrote it and the decisions they made, you know, to give her this fourth wall, uh, you know, ability stuff. So I thought that that was really well done. And again, Tatiana Maslany just could not be better in this role. Now the mid credit scene, this one isn't much, like you said, it just sort of felt like a yeah. deleted scene from earlier. We see her lifting up a car while the tires are getting yeah. rotated. She's just kind of helping her, fa- her family with like menial tasks around the house, putting up a TV, huh. carrying in big bottles of water. It's it's silly, it's fun, but it's nothing. I mean, there's nothing that comes out of it that's important moving forward, or mm-hmm. you know, nothing that like kind of teases next episode. Not like the first one yeah. where we got the first f bomb. The right. Steve yeah. Rogers, <laughs> Captain America. I just not only just first f bomb, but like there was an actual story reveal. It was a question that had probably been in a lot of audiences' minds. For a long time, yeah, uh, it's never been really brought up. But like, yeah, what, what, what's the deal with the, that? His love life? Did he lose his virginity to Peggy Carter? We got a definitive like answer there that was that moved that character's story forward just a little bit. You know, even though Chris Evans is no longer there, we're not exploring that. We still got to develop his character just a little bit more, and it also developed, you know, Hulk and She-Hulk's relationship in that moment and gave us as an audience a really funny, cathartic. Uh, ending to the uh, episode, which I thought ended a little bit more weak than this second episode, which I thought had a really great, strong ending, almost a double, um, uh, almost a double ending, uh, not counting the uh, post credit. Like I really liked the last moment there in the Sakar, the reveal of the Sakar ship, the Sakaran ship with Hulk in there, the little details about you know what he's doing in that ship. Like if you look around him, he's got one of the binders open. So now I'm wondering, okay, if he's going to Sakaar, he's got the binder. Is there another Hulk that he needs to do essentially what he just did with Jennifer Walters back on Sakaar? Is this his son? Uh, Are they leading up to a Planet Hulk or a World War Hulk uh, storyline, which involves uh, Hulk's son? Uh, So I I can really see them doing some very interesting things with that. It's been theorized that maybe... One of the unnamed uh, movies that have been announced, but not actually named specifically what it's going to be, that that could be a Planet Hulk movie. Uh, maybe they just have to line up things with Universal Studios. But right now, Universal Studios is doing a lot of great things by comparison to other studios. You're seeing a lot of people, a lot of top talents moving over to Universal because they're so artist friendly. I could see them cooperating with a studio like MCU right now. Uh, and just you know, doing the right thing of like kind of making it happen, getting out of the way in the right ways, giving support to the project, and you know, giving the audience what they want. So, yeah, I, I could see a lot of really interesting things, you know, down the pipeline uh, for what that that last uh, scene gave us. But also, great secrets at the end with Blonsky just kind of throwing a wrench into things. That last scene of like he escaped. Now the public knows about the, the yeah. escape. Now they know about this weird underground fight club. Are we going to get to learn more about that? Because contextually, that was a really interesting thing. I think when we watched Shang-Chi, one of the things I commented was like, 
yeah, I want to know more about this Fight Club. Like, it would be With cool. Abomination and Wong, what's going just on? Just about with that. Yeah, let's let's get into that story. So, um, I think we're left in a really interesting place. They've explored the character a lot more in this episode. They've given her more challenges to deal with, more tangible challenges, uh, and not just you know Mary Sue moments where she's just awesome all the time. She can be awesome as she's overcoming these challenges and growing as a person. I I, I like where we're at at the end of the second episode. I completely agree. I feel really good about where we are moving forward. Like you said, now I'm intrigued by what what Bruce is doing with the Sicarian ship. Yeah. And now I'm interested yeah. in her with Blonsky, with Abomination, yeah. how she's going to try to make that work. Is her boss, Why did they? how did they set this whole thing up? What are they really trying to get? Is there some additional motivation that they want from her? So I'm, I really like where we are right now moving forward. To episode three, I like the tone. Yeah. I think her, she's funny. I, I, I've fallen for her as a main character. Like, I think Same. she does a great job. I'm totally in with her. It kind of reminds me how I felt about like Kate Bishop right away. Like, I'm like, yeah. I like her. Like, I love the way they've, they've built her and they've made her, and she comes off really fun and cute. And I, I love when we do this because yeah. you know these are short episodes, <laughs> and we went two hours and fifteen minutes talking about wow. fifty minutes of content. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. The first episode is 30 minutes and we went about an like over an hour on that. And the second episode, you know, so overall we're like double the content, but it's fun. Yeah. It's this new world that we're exploring. But what I love about this is it's new, but the addition of Bruce and Abomination mm -hmm. and Blonsky keep it, keep us really feeling like we're in the MCU. So I'm, yeah. I'm super excited to talk more about this show with you now week to week. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's great to have an MCU show to talk about that really feels embedded uh, within the world of the MCU. It was nice to have a diversion from that for some series, too. But it's great to be back with these like main characters. I mean, the Hulk yeah. really helped kick it off. He's an Avenger. Incredible he's a Hulk. major Avenger. Yeah, he's one of the original five Avengers, and he's literally the second MCU movie. Uh, it was that one two punch of Iron Man. And Incredible Hulk coming out the same summer and then being connected by those post-credit sequences, uh, one with Nick Fury talking to Tony Stark. And then at the end of uh, Incredible Hulk, you've got Tony Stark talking to Thunderbolt Ross at, at a bar. It's just a really those two little things kind of shook up the world and really ignited a, a, the spark of uh, imagination in, in, in fans' minds. of like, wow, are they really going to do this? Or are they going to take all these different properties that we've seen, you know? try to be adapted, some successful, some not, but they're really creating this unified world where they're going to interact and like stakes are going to have meaning beyond just this one story. You know, maybe characters will die. Um, you know, things will be, characters will be affected by other characters that you would never dream would even interact. But in this, this world, we're going to give that to you. Like that was the promise of the MCU back then. And they've delivered in so, so many ways. And in some ways they've strayed from that original promise, but this feels like circling back, building off of all the things that have been done before in a good way. Uh, and, and, you know, delivering on that promise once again. Um, so I'm really excited about it. I think it's like an A level show started off in the B range. And I see that the, the, the potential for it is, you know, a plus they're definitely, looking at this show as an important aspect of the MCU yes. moving forward. I think putting the Hulk and, and um, Mark Ruffalo in it so early, 
Uh, I think that's a, that's their stamp right there that they want mm-hmm. us to realize that this is kind of a, this is essential stuff. You know, you might have skipped mm-hmm. one or two shows here, but this is one that you're going to definitely want to watch. Uh, and ultimately, also, it's it's struck a fun chord that uh, I'm going to look forward to every week, and that's really what I what I want. I think there's a lot of opportunities here to be surprised, to see familiar characters in an unfamiliar way, and uh, hopefully they can really boost the comedy moving forward. I would love to see, you know, some organic comedy moments that happen, you know, from the characters that we, as we get to know them, that don't feel forced, that don't feel like jumping the shark. We're trying to, you know, force some kind of, you know, intergender, you know, dynamic, uh, you know, or some kind of social commentary down our throats. I like when they, when that exists as part of the tapestry of the story, but I don't like when I, when it feels like they're putting that front and center and and making that the whole point of it. I like when we can ultimately come to, you know, a social justice moral of a story, but it when it's when it's just forced uh, you know, front and center as like the main purpose for the this the story, it, well, it doesn't it come off as authentic experience. It comes off yes. inauthentic. That that's what ends it up does. happening. Um, it does. And I think that they can do much better than that with with the the tools that they have at their disposal with these characters and also with the groundwork that they've laid in these first two episodes for all my complaints. I think that they've lined up a lot of track to work on uh, and, and to explore and to, you know, take us on a, a journey that we haven't quite seen yet. So I, I'm really stoked about it. And I'm stoked that um, it's, it's something again, that's familiar, but a new twist on things. You know, one of the things that got Marvel uh, into the zeitgeist in, in the first place, uh, beyond just the comics, was the old Incredible Hulk TV show. That was something that my father watched. He's not a comic guy in the slightest. I showed him the trailer to this, and he was not interested, let me tell really? you. But, yeah, he just wasn't pleasant. But, but, you know, that still was a thing that broke into the zeitgeist, and I think they're also trying to tap into a little bit of, of, of what was good about that show. Uh, and I think they did that successfully. I think there's a little bit of, of 70s, you know, old TV nostalgia and revival that's happening in it, but they've also made it new with, you know, fresh top of the line CG, uh, really great actors, you know, A-list actors, uh, prestige TV level actors and, and movie actors, and they're making it, you know, part of the MCU tapestry, uh, you know, in a, in a front and center way, in a way that's not hiding from that. It doesn't feel like the B team ever. It feels like something that's being added, you know, as, you know, something that's going to be emblematic of what the MCU is moving forward. This is, this is a a show that is helping to carry the torch for the MCU. And I think it's one of the strongest contenders right now to, you know, to have a long lasting impact and uh, to kind of make some waves on, on audiences. We'll be here with you each and every week to talk about She-Hulk. Tim Kelly will be joining us. And we had a couple weeks off, but it's fun now that we're back in the MCU week to week with She-Hulk. Make sure to give Tim a follow on Instagram and on Twitter at TimIsNotFunny. Check out the project Ice Cream Fire. My man, TK, buddy, thank you so much. It's been a blast, and I look forward to talking with you next week. I hope the little man's feeling better. Definitely. Thank you so much. He's uh, we're taking good care of him. My, my wife and I are a little bit under the weather right now. Maybe you noticed in my voice. But uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're doing all right. Thank you so much for the well wishes. Folks, we'll be back talking episode three next week. Make sure to stay tuned for all of our Marvel MCU content. Don't go anywhere.